Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's good, baby? Stamy Barling, one half of D Lo KC. And thank you so much for downloading the podcast here. We really appreciate it. And hopefully, you're a subscriber of the podcast. That way, you get every single episode, every single day, every single interview, every single clip, every single bit of King's News delivered right here to your mobile device. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Apple, Spotify, Google Play. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Stitcher or the Odyssey app. You'll get every single episode delivered right here to your mobile device. And if you're using one of the platforms that allow you to rate and review the show, please do, particularly on Apple Podcasts, as I know that's where most of you are listening from. If you could hit the five-star review, if you think we're worth it, it only takes a split second. And if you could leave a review, that would be great as well. The review's cool. Again, it only takes a couple of seconds to do that, but it literally takes just a split second to hit that five-star button, man. We really appreciate you for being here with us. Enjoy the show. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. We got them screaming D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo. We got them screaming D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, D-Lo. Number one spot, your number one spot for some sports, huh? Got the city going crazy when we work, huh? We top two, but we ain't two, we in first, huh? And when you need the real, we is who you search, huh? D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, we your number one spot. Ah, come on, man, what it do, what it do, what it do? One more time, one more time. We had two wins over the weekend. Y'all know what it is. Sacramento Kings, six straight wins. Yeah. yeah. Perfect weekend for my partner. Come on. Yeah. They do not know what Sacktown brings. Win on the low, that's a Sacktown thing. Talking about us, it's a bounce out thing. Must they forgot we some Sacramento Kings. Whole squad going crazy. Yeah, we back with it. Northern Cali going crazy one sack winning. If you doubted us, then ain't no backspinning. This is real right here. Ain't no catfishing. Uh. So tell me what you see now. See now. Rebound. Look to the sky like, like the beam now. now. Tell them like, like the beam. beam. Hey, like hey, the, like hey, the beam hey. Six straight wins. Come on, man. What's up, yo? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome in here to the Monday, November 20th edition of D-Lo and KC. I'm Damian Barling. The ultimate needle mover in God mode himself. He's Kenny Caraway. Yes, sir. Acknowledge me. What a and day. we're joined right now by De'Aaron Fox. I'm in God mode. Y'all know what it is. Come on, man. Ooh-wee. Come on, man. The Sacramento Kings have one of the best players in the entire league on their roster. Yeah. He's him. His name's De'Aaron Fox. He's him. 
Oh, oh stop playing with this. Well, I'm, sorry. Over the weekend. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Sacramento Kings have two of the best players Ooh, in the talk league. Talk about it, though. In their uniforms. Talk about it, though. <laughs> Come on, man. De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis up there with the top combos, top two-man duos in the entire league. Facts. And they and they need to start uh, respecting Domas. Real talk. I don't know. They I need I, to start I have respecting a theory. I've, I've got a theory. We'll dive into it later. Tired of but, playing but with these people, man. Start I, respecting I, I, this, man. I have a theory on why that might be the case. It, 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 it could be don't? way off. Yeah. It, 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 I, I could be way off. It could be as simple as guys like Chris Mannix are just lazy. Guys like, uh, what's his name? Kevin, o, Kevin O'Connor. Oh, oh, hey. Just lazy. King's fan was on his head on <laughs> weekend. Oh. King's fan was getting As they should be. It was getting as that Kevin O'Connor. Be. As they should be. Because he was saying some stupid stuff, too. Instead of just saying, like, yo, he's killing. Like, you always got to put some kind of caveat on it. Like, uh, sometimes you just got to say, I don't have nothing to say today. He, he's The guy's balling. We don't need no caveats. Mm-hmm. So he's playing, but it's not going to matter until we see it in the playoffs. Shut the hell up. Because in the next week, you talking about Tyrese Halliburton. How many playoff games he play? Y'all gave uh, Nikola Jokic two MVPs before he won a title. You gave Giannis Antetokounmpo two MVPs before he won a title. You gave Joel Embiid an MVP before he won a title. Don't tell me this is about how you play in the postseason. Tomas is killing it. He's absolutely killing it. And I felt bad because all last night I'm focused on what De'Aaron Fox is doing. Mm. And I'm watching this dude like De'Aaron Fox is, he's an upper echelon player. He has, at worst, a top 10 player in the league. Mm. At worst, he's a top 10. You could debate it. We could go back and forth. We could do all this. Has someone hit me? Oh, uh, Listed off 10 names, put Anthony Davis in there. Like, you oh, what? Anthony Davis isn't better than De'Aaron Fox. Damn, what? And we're talking about right now in this particular season. We're not handing out legacy awards to different guys and giving them the respect and all of this different stuff. It is right now in this season, right. De'Aaron Fox, he's better than Anthony Davis. De'Aaron Fox, he's better than Kyrie Irving. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, he might be better than Jalen Brown. Oh, he is. He's he is, and I and I I like Jalen Brown. No shade. Boston's playing great. All this other stuff. Yeah, Boston's Boston's the hottest team in the league right now with Sacramento. Yeah, De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox definitely better than Jalen Brown today. Yeah, I'll co-sign that one. He's better than Jalen Fox is Fox is MVP candidate right now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. And I'm I'm sitting here watching. There was there was a, a play in that game. I think after he hit three straight threes in the in the third quarter, where. There was a, a play they got a steal or a block or something like that, and they gave it to De'Aaron. I thought he was going to push it up the court, and then he pulled up for three. I said, oh, oh that's what we doing. That's what we doing. If he would have – so I was watching that game driving back from L.A. I wasn't driving. I was in the back seat. Um, shout out to the wifey, you know, made sure I was able to watch the game and everything. Yeah, I saw so, some of your pictures from your trip no, to man, L.A. Hey, man, I, I, ain't swear, po- I ain't posting them on social I swear, social the, 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 the paparazzi is crazy right now. First it was the Lakers, See, now it's the Dodgers. No, nah, it's not neither one of them. It's not neither one of them. I don't know. There's over 500 people in the stream right now. We could let them, we can let man, them judge yo, for it's themselves. it's crazy, bro. Hey, bro, number one, people don't be looking at the picture, bro. I'll be like, yo, what the hell is this? It looks like you're upset that the paparazzi caught you outside the Dodgers club. No, what happened is I flicked off the I sign, can, no. and she's like, why are you doing that? And I said, because I don't want to be here. And then she took the picture. Why do you keep j- taking pictures in the ops territory, for one? I'm in the city. They're everywhere. No, it's, imagine that. It just You just happened to find your way 
to the ops. It was on the City uh, Walk. I was at Universal City Walk. They right. had that stupid Dodger store there. I flicked it off. She said, why are you flicking it off? I said, because I don't like them. And right when I said, because I don't like them, she takes the picture. Mm. I see the gentleman in the back saying, here, this this way, Mr. Caraway. Stop. Like what? See, I swear, bro. I swear. The, it, it, we have a live version of the picture where the guy says, uh, your usual, Mr. Caraway." I'm going to throw something. I'm going to throw something. I am. Just don't throw anything of mine. It's fine, <laughs> fine with me. Just, just don't break my stuff. <laughs> But you were watching the game. On, uh, on, so on, he on the uh, and I was watching. I almost uh, told her to stop the car if he would have made that three. We were in the middle of the grapevine. I was like, just she pull wouldn't over. Have stopped I said, car. just pull over. De'Aaron Fox is out here hitting pull-up threes in transition like with with a three-on-two break. I said, I was about to say, just pull over. She wouldn't have. And, and when he shot it, I said, Jad, pull. And she said, what? What? And then he missed. I was like, nah, never mind. Never mind. What were you going to do if the car actually had pulled over on the grapevine? I was just going to take a second. I was just going to take a second. Because my man's is out here you, hitting four threes in a row. It's a three-on-one fast break. He's calling for the ball. Give it to me. Give it to me. And then, like, stopping at the three-point line to pull up. Bro. That's what we're doing now? Oh, my gosh. She, I would have lost it, bro. I would have lost it. She would have cussed you out something vicious <laughs> if you tried that. Oh, she so, would have cussed you out so, so bad. So, I don't care. Okay. Aaron's in transition pull-up threes now. I don't care. Okay, Ramsey, relax a little bit over there. <laughs> care but no he's 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 next level he's next level and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be real and transparent i didn't i didn't ever predict this for him in his career Mm. 30 point per game score i knew he was talented i knew he had the opportunity to but i didn't think he had a scorer's mindset the way he's shown really last year and then carrying it into this year even more i didn't think he had that iverson type scores mindset i thought he was more of a table setter but he's exceeded anything I could have imagined for him. And you called it. You said what was going to happen. You compared it to John Morant and his first taste of the playoffs and how he lit up the Jazz and carried that momentum into going crazy the very next season. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what's going on right here. De'Aaron had that taste of the playoffs. He went off in the playoffs against Steph Curry, you know, one of the great players of all time. And he's rode that momentum and that confidence to this season. And like you mentioned, he's a top 10 player. Jesse, you said it. He's an MVP candidate. It is what it is. There's so many things about last night's game uh, that we'll dive into and then we'll get back to, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Friday's game. Will Z will join us later in the show to talk about tonight's game. Like so much happening with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, won that in-season tournament game on, on, on Friday against the San Antonio Spurs. Beat up the Dallas Mavericks last night. Now the Sacramento Kings are in the position that the Dallas Mavericks were in last night. Dallas mm-hmm. Mavericks playing on the second mm-hmm. night of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You could see them running out of gas. You could see Luka bordering on getting desperate and just chucking shots try- as, as, the game, as the game started to slip away from them. And now we've got you know Keon Ellis out tonight. We saw Davion Mitchell. I love Davion's first 20 seconds in the game. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. out there. Yeah, He's yeah, clearly yeah. pissed off. He's guarding <laughs> one of our favorites. Like, he is all over Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie, of course, accepts the challenge, gets mm-hmm. the shot up, a completely beautifully contested shot by Davion Mitchell, mm-hmm. misses it. You see it go the other way. Davion's going to get a lot of minutes. Chris Duarte started in place of Kevin Herter last night, had a really, really good showing. Kevin Herter right now uh, is questionable. Uh, Sasha Vazenkov is questionable. But we know that um, – 
that Keon Ellis is is out, mm-hmm. and so that 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 creates a bit of a a, a dynamic uh, for tonight's game, a different dynamic for tonight's game. But so many different things to talk about. We're, and I apologize because you wanted to go somewhere else, and I took it in the Fox conversation, and it, and and it shouldn't have. Because this man needs his respect. Go ahead and talk about ten the way you were going to. That's my res- that's my fault. Because ten deserves his respect. Well, that's the beauty of this show. It's four hours, and we've got plenty of time to talk about the Sacramento Kings having two legitimate NBA superstars on their team. And I don't care who in the national media chooses to respect Demontis Sabonis or not. He's doing everything that y'all drool over in Denver. Mm. everything he's not scoring 29 points a game but in terms of rebounding the ball assisting and scoring he's he's doing what Jokic does he is dominating the opposition dominating dude's really incredible man I just can't get over how stupid he's made some of those people look Mm. just made them look absolutely foolish Mm mm-hmm Man had 27 points the other night against San Antonio, 27 and 14. That game ends, they're showing Victor Wimbanyama walk off the floor. I get it. Victor Wimbanyama had a hell of a game. Yeah, He's I a star. He's a star. His team's 3 and 9. Well, the fact that that game was on uh, national TV in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Spurs, it's all. So what's nice that tell and well. you? Yeah, what's that tell you, though? We paint, we, we, we paint, we, we, they, they, they paint a picture that they want us to see. That's what it is. They don't tell the story of the league or its players. Because mm. if they did, it would be a lot louder mm. regarding De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. You hear the noise with De'Aaron right now. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be one of those people who don't allow Domas to be a part of that conversation. This, this is a duo. This is one of the league's great duos. Yes. And these guys dropped 30-point performances last night against – an NBA beloved in Luka Doncic mm. and the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of people calling the Mavericks frauds. Well, the evidence is starting to add up that that might be true. Mm. I'm not going to go that far yet. But like they're, I said, they're an all right team. They're an all right. They're, they're too small though. <laughs> like they'll they'll never beat the best teams because they they're just too small. The Kings just beat the hell out of them on the offensive board. They look like the Knicks versus Kings last year. Mm. <laughs> like they got every uh, second chance opportunity they wanted to. As I said, we're just getting started. Will Z's going to join us at about two fifteen or so. James Ham uh, is going to go drink some lemon and ginger tea and join us in the three o'clock hour. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of Sacramento Kings today. Uh, I'm sure we'll make some time to talk about the 49ers getting a win uh, against the Bucks to move to seven and three on the season. I'm sure we'll find some time uh, to talk about the Raiders putting up a, a, a pretty solid showing. Uh, against the Miami Dolphins, we'll we'll make time for the NFL. But we're talking Sacramento Kings basketball right now. We're talking all of the different things that happened across this weekend. If you want to tap in, you most definitely can at 916-909-1320. Steeler with KC brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? 
a family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer. With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Big shout-outs before we uh, get back to King's business. Uh, you just heard, as it always is, d and KC, uh, brought to you by Sky River Casino. Shout-out to Sky River Casino and the Elk Grove Food Bank uh, and all they did for the KSFM uh, Thanksgiving food drive out at the grocery outlet on Friday. Shout-out to, to Michigan Wolverines who came through with his beautiful daughter. Shout-out to my man Bruce and his brother Dean. Man, I'm so mad. Uh, I missed, came through. I missed everybody. I had to jet out quick because I had to catch a plane. And it seemed like as soon as I left, that's, and it was as close as I could to, like, the end. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I'm going to stay as long as I can, but I got to go catch the plane. And it seemed like the second I left, everyone pulled, everyone up. pulled up. Yep, yep. My man Damon pulled up. Uh, Ramsey pulled up, of course. Uh, and every one of them pulled up with donations, man. Bruce. So Bruce came through. <laughs> I, I, I Bruce came over. They, him and his, his, his wonderful family made their donation. And I, I, I looked. And saw he had the the chatty house party shirt on, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's dope. And he goes, D'Lo, <laughs> hey, hey, Bruce, Bruce. Oh, I was so excited. I was so excited to How meet Bruce, Bruce and his again? brother Dean. Oh, he. I, I don't know. I sent you the picture. Yeah, I, I would say he's no older than eleven. No, it c- couldn't be. Couldn't be. Yeah. Uh, his brother decked out in 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 King's gear. Older brother, brother, younger brother. Dean younger oh, okay yeah younger um it was awesome man it was it was it was nah, awesome Bruce might be a little older than 11 i take that back he might be 12 maybe 13 no nah, he's not 13 he's not a teenager he's 13. not a teenager he might be 12 though uh so big thank you to to everyone that came through man we we, we really appreciate you most of all 
Uh, thank you to Sky River Casino and the tribe and everyone yep. who helped uh, yep. make that possible and their more than generous donation. Obviously, Sky River is such a huge part of this show. And right now, if you go over to skyriver.com and become a rewards member, uh, you'll get $20 in free slot play. Uh, you can use your member card while you play, while you dine. You receive special offers like free play. You'll get dining credits. You can get some gifts after that. Uh, you know, Sky River rewards add up and up and up over there. So go to skyriver.com and become a member uh, today. Thank you for everyone for participating in the uh, KSFM yes. uh, food drive, Thanksgiving food drive, man. We appreciate you. Uh, and if you're going to be out to run to feed the hungry, terrorist threat be damned, we'll be out there. They got one. That's what's going on. You missed that, huh? I did not see that. Yeah, apparently there was a bomb threat. Oh, my gosh. People stop. It was a bomb threat. Why do people got to be such jackasses? As soon as they found out we was going to be there, they started, <laughs> hey, they ain't going to slow us down. We're going to be outside. No, We're going to be outside early, with early all of you. In the morning. One, time, one time I got up early on a Thanksgiving play football. You ever did that? A long time ago, yeah. I did when I was younger. and I, I did it as an adult. It was still hits. a while ago. It was like... It was probably like 10, 12 years ago. It was freezing because, you know, you got to get up at like oh, 7 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah it it's was cold, cold. Cold. Yeah, and so I'm going to definitely be at the Run to Feed the Hungry early because I'm in charge of cooking. So, um, and gotta, I'm in charge of eating and watching the 49ers. Good for you. Good for job. you. Uh, and if I went out and played football on Thanksgiving, I'd probably wind up the way of Alex Lynn, who is mm. out uh, the next six to eight weeks uh, with a high ankle sprain. Um, as we just mentioned – you know, JaVel McGee's always going to have his ups and downs. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the whole JaVel McGee experience. <laughs> you just have to understand that going in. It's probably not going to be fluid. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be an entire encompassing experience. Yeah. And that's what JaVel McGee is, and we're probably going to see a lot of JaVel McGee over the course of the next six to eight weeks uh, <laughs> while our man Alex Lynn uh, heals up. Uh, as we mentioned, <laughs> Keon Ellis is out tonight. Uh, Sasha and Kevin Herter are questionable. I thought Chris Duarte did a terrific job stepping in for Kevin Hurdy yesterday. He did. I want to talk about Chris Duarte, but I, I just real quick with JaVale. He had a classic last night. That was a classic. Which one? <laughs> well, there's only one that stood out for me. There's only one. Was it the It was the, the, the rebound, bring the ball up. And oh, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> that was the one. Because I think Malik Monk was on his left. He's yep. like, hey, I'll let. Yep. And he's like, nah, it's good. I got it. Dribbled it up. And then what happened? <laughs> just threw it to Luca. Like, straight to Luca. <laughs> Almost like, here, Luca. And then I think it was either Fox or Monks afterwards. He was, uh, you know, they were like, hey, man, get that up. I got it. And then and JaVale first was like, hey, what, what? He's like, no, nah, my bad. It's good, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love JaVale. It's an experience. <laughs> I love JaVale. It's and it, an it's experience. A, and it's in a different way. Than the white side experience. The white side experience was no, was not enjoyable. No. Javelle, oh, I love Javelle. I got love. For well, him. the white side experience was an adventure. It was an adventure. Um, you really never knew. The thing with Javelle is Javelle's capable, mm. right? Mm-hmm. With Hassan, you never knew if he was gonna like you know miss a layup or throw the ball into the thirteenth <laughs> row. It was never quite clear or. <laughs> You know, De'Aaron go to hit him for a pat, and it just hits him in the side of the face. There's that too. You just it was you just <laughs> never were quite sure uh, what was going to happen with Hassan Whiteside, and it's it's similar with Javelle. Like he's a little bit more under control, but 
at times. And he loves that sweeping hook. Oh, he does love the sweeping I'll, hook. I'll say that. He, he does lo- love he the loves sweeping, that hook. sweeping he must have been hook. working shot. on it a lot. He, he must have been. But even with all that being said, there was still good moments from JaVale. Absolutely. JaVale 6.7 rebounds. Yep. Um, he's going to contribute when he's on the floor. Yeah, he's going to contribute. He's going to play hard. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of JaVale. I know what else you're a fan of. What's that? 30-point quarters. Oh, yeah. You got three of them yesterday. Oh, yeah. Everything. So you got some major 30-point quarters yesterday. 35, 35, 37 uh, things uh, naturally slowed down in the fourth. The Aaron exit exit did uh, pretty early. We got Davion Mitchell minutes there because Keon, poor guy, played like three minutes hobbling around on mm. one foot, two minutes, three minutes, because the ball wouldn't die uh, <laughs> until the quarter ended. And then they kept De'Aaron out there to start the fourth and kept Davion on the bench. Then when they pulled De'Aaron out, they never had to put him back in the game. Right. So Davion got to play the rest of the way. Of course, Davion's first you know, step onto the floor was just a thing of beauty click, as click. he just you know stepped to Kyrie Irving. And, mm-hmm. and I, I tweeted it last night, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. And Jesse asked a, 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 an interesting question. You know, Davion's going to play tonight. Can Davion win his minutes back? Yeah. That's short answer, yes. You want to you wanna weigh in on this? Because I, I thought you were I, – I, I said the same thing you did, Casey. Mm-hmm. And then – I don't I don't think – I don't want to say – yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he can win his minutes back today. Because um, looking at Davion, like he got sent to the bench. If you kind of – at, like look at Kevin Herter's situation. Mm-hmm. Kevin Herter was challenged, but he was allowed to play through it and get back to who he was. Mm-hmm. Davion got moved to the bench. I feel like moving Davion to the bench was more of a move that helps the Sacramento Kings rather than to get Davion going. Mm-hmm. I don't think if he plays well today, we're just going to go, oh, Davion's the backup point guard again. I think no matter what, Keon Ellis, that's his spot when he comes back. And I, and I listened to everything he said, and then something else dawned on <clears> me <throat> is that when Keon is back, Davion's still 6-1. True. True. And I and, and and I'm not like I I do think that's part of the discussion. If 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 they can look at Davion on the offensive end, meaning Mike and that coaching staff, and look mm-hmm. at Keon and call it a wash. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not suggesting that that it is my opinion. I'm I'm saying if that coaching staff can look at it and say this is a wash on the offensive end, on the defensive end, this guy's six five. Mm-hmm. He could probably do he could do some things on the defensive end that maybe Davion can't. Maybe not fair. Just using it as an example. Maybe if Keon is on Clay Thompson at the end of that Warriors game, maybe the shot doesn't fall. Maybe it's blocked. Maybe it still drops. Who knows? But those are questions that that coaching staff might be asking themselves as it pertains to these two players. True. Very fair. And and one of the things I was thinking of, you were talking about singularly tonight. Yeah, I agree. You can't win it tonight. I was thinking Keon might not be back for a couple yeah, he was hobbling because, around a little bit because of the ankle so when I say when his job that's that's kind of maybe I didn't hear the question right mm-hmm. I was thinking in well, this I, time I without think, Keon I, I, I think that's what I think that was the the, yeah, I think the spirit even, of the question even if David or Keon's out two three games or whatever I think Keon's back to back up point guard no matter because it's important to point out obviously the Kings play tonight everyone knows the Kings play tonight Kings play Wednesday mm-hmm. and then they play Friday mm-hmm. so that's three games in in very very short order Today's probably the first day. He doesn't even get the benefit of the you know coming down day where all of the adrenaline uh, r- r- runs out and 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 as De'Aaron talked about his his ankle stiffens up. Yeah. He doesn't even get the benefit of that. That come down day. That's a game day. 
So you're already out one. You just start to heal tomorrow. You're probably out two. Right. And then I don't know the, you know, I don't, I don't know the severity of his. We've, we've seen, you know, Alex Lynn now suffer a, a, a really, really bad ankle sprain that's going to knock him out. I don't even know for sure. It is Keon Ellis's ankle, right? That's what I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's, it is. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, I and then, you know, obviously we know what De'Aaron did. So yeah. it, it all, it's, it's different for everybody. Yeah, I, 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 I think he can. I think he can okay. uh, win it back, and um, it's going to take him playing. I feel like it's been basketball. so hot and cold. Yeah, like for 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 last year, yeah, and this year he had never gotten DMPs before, right? Before this year, but it just feels so hot and cold that it's starting to feel like a little like Terrence. Mm. It's it's starting to feel like Davion could fall into that Terrence Davis role where. And I don't mean that in a flattering way. Some days he'll play and some days he won't. Right. Yeah, it could be that. It could wonder- be, and it wasn't even his days. Sometimes it was stretches. Stretches, right. Terrence didn't play, and then he'd play a game or two, and then there'd be some more stretches where he didn't. One of, one of the reasons why I feel like he can is because you're still talking about, like, crunch time uh, for for – like more minutes than usual, right? Like Keon started, he's playing, he's getting minutes, but he's not like not playing twenty five minutes a night. Like he's getting maybe ten to eleven minutes, and I think I, I think Davion could get that. You know, I think okay. he could get that. The other thing about it too that I think about is um, Keon's game log. You know what I mean? Like he, if you want him around, if you want to have him for the whole season, you're gonna have to space out those games. You know, the fifty game unless you're already maybe Monty that's, and them are having that conversation like, hey, we're gonna call. sign him anyway. Can you can you send him to Stockton? Might have to like send right him now, to like with him out, can you send him yeah. like, hey, we're we're sending well, rehab we're sending Keon something. to yeah. Stockton tonight. Right. Like maybe I I, I that's always been in my head. Yeah, yeah, that's been in my head since that got brought up. So I don't think it's that big of a deal to be honest. Like when when push comes to shove and February gets here, mm-hmm. if they like what Keon's doing, just they'll just him. convert him, you know, or yeah, yeah they'll sign him to a, a, a regular contract and cut um I'm sorry. Put Pet- thank you. Oh, liked his highlight that I saw. Oh good. He had a nice little highlight. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> well good, 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 good. I'm glad I'm glad he got a highlight. <laughs> but no, so I I could be I could be a hundred percent wrong on that. I just think I think he's going to get an opportunity. I no, think. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, we're we're just we're guessing, right? Mm-hmm. We're throwing scenarios out there, uh, and we're guessing. I think that that you know, Davion got got to play a a, a big chunk in the fourth quarter. He's obviously going to play tonight. They're going to need him tonight. Um, it's nice that De'Aaron got to to sit a bulk of the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. He still played thirty one minutes. It's not like he played twenty five. Right, and again they played friday so this is a this is a stretch where they're playing a lot of basketball in short order they're mm-hmm. essentially just playing every other day every other day every other day all through this holiday um with obviously tonight being a back to back and i does it end with the back to back i don't i don't think that's true but it, it they it, the point being they play a bunch of games uh in short order here yeah i, I and and i just and there is another back to back next week yeah, I, I I think that I think when you look at any opportunity that you can find to 
get Fox some rest, get mm-hmm. Sabonis some rest. That was another one, Fox or Sabonis was just trying to get him out of the game for I don't know how long until yeah. <laughs> until eventually Mike was just like, "Hey, time and, out, yeah. time yeah. out," for like two or three minutes. So. And and Domas kept going. He's like, <laughs> yeah. "I'm here." He got fouled like twice. Like, can't sub the guy at the free throw line. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, any opportunity you have to to get those guys, um, you know, a little little rest, uh, take advantage of it. But it was uh, they were able to get that last mm-hmm. night. It was a really starter heavy game. Mm-hmm. Um, where Harrison, uh, you know, played played pretty well. Uh, did a little bit of everything. After Harrison kind of played a, well ha, ha, after kind of a quiet night against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, Keegan, uh, solid, uh, seventeen points for 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 Keegan Murray. A lot of the things that we, you know, I think because so much is happening so quickly, and De'Aaron is playing at such a like league elite level. I'm sorry, Western Conference Player of the Week, De'Aaron Fox. Hey, Air Horns. I'm sorry, Western for the Conference, Western player, Conference, of the Conference week. player of the Week. I, I apologize, De'Aaron, for not addressing you correctly. Congratulations. Western Conference Player of the Week, De'Aaron Fox. Yes, indeed. Uh, so much is focused on him that all of the, hey, what if Keegan Murray does this? What if DeMontis Sabonis does this? Mm-hmm. What if we see that? A lot of that stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. It's being drowned out by how amazing De'Aaron Fox is. But and, and not that Keegan Murray's being drowned out. We've spent a great deal of time talking about Keegan, his play as a, a, two-way, a, a, a two-way guy, uh, what he's doing, meaning both sides of the floor, uh, what he's doing on the offensive end. But Keegan's cooking. He is. And a Fox, Fox, you mean? Is no Keegan Murray. Oh, Keegan okay. Murray is cooking. I thought you were saying. Well, I got. No, I, I, I got. The, yeah, because Fox Player of the Week. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm saying. I'm saying. De'Aaron is drowning everything. Oh, out. yeah, yeah. Well, we hell. talked about him drowning. How great Domas is. He could have been Player of the Week too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like exactly. He could have been Player of the Week himself. And all of what he's doing is like, hey, remember the remember the what ifs with Keegan. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Hey, Malik. Mm. Mm. I, I don't I'm do what Mike did last year. Like Malik is like the sixth man of the year right now. Yeah. yeah. And I'll Jason Jones this whole thing. It's November. <laughs> Calm down. Okay, I I got you. Malik Monk is sixth man of the year right now. He's cooking. The Aaron Fox is in the MVP conversation. And the wildest part about that statement is I think DeMontis Sabonis is too. Mm-hmm. I'm not proclaiming either one of them the victor. Yeah. Not saying they're going to finish one and two. Right. I'm saying you have a conversation about the best player in the league right now, and those two belong in that conversation. You know, watching that game last night, I was looking – like you could see what I'm about to talk about and look at it two different ways, right? I was watching that game. The Kings were like – kept trying to take control. They would get it to nine, and then Tim Hardaway would hit a three and it'd go back to six. You know what I mean? They, that happened like three or four times in the first two and a half quarters. And I was like, damn, man, they can't get away from these guys. They can't get away. And then Malik Monk comes in there sometime in the third quarter. Fox hits his three threes in a row. And they got it to nine. They scored. Mavericks scored again. And then the Kings came right back and got it to like, 11 
and they didn't look back. It was like mm-hmm. almost like the being five games above 500 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like once they got it to double figures, mm-hmm. it was over. Like they, they just needed that. And you look at Fox and the way he plays, and if you're like, okay, we're going to stop Fox, because Fox, he had a hot first quarter and then went a while without scoring. Yeah. Domas started killing. <laughs> and then Malik comes in there. He starts killing. Yeah. And then, like you mentioned, Keegan Murray, just quietly, methodically, you know, you look up, he's playing solid defense. I thought he might get taken out because of foul trouble. But you look up, he's got 13. And then hits another three. Oh, man, he's got 17 now. Like, they just come at you in waves when he's got – and that's without Kevin Herter, who have been yep. playing really, really well. Yeah, and, 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 and again, shout-out to Chris Duarte. Yes. Who, who stepped into that role, um, managed <laughs> – Chris Duarte went three of four mm. from three, mm. uh, played 32 minutes last night. And, you know, 13 points, uh, eight rebounds, four assists. You you couldn't ask for more yeah. from him. Yeah. And a, a, a masterful job on, on his part stepping in for, for Kevin Herter. I'm glad you brought him up because earlier in the season, um, we're still early in the season, but still earlier in the, yeah. in the season, I didn't like Duarte's minutes at all. Mm-hmm. I said it numerous times. Give them all to Davion. I don't think Mike did either. Yeah, I didn't. That's I didn't why like. They kept it. getting smaller. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I would say that, and then I remember what James Ham would say, and he was right. And I was like, kind of had to check myself or give it some time. I was like this guy, he didn't play a lot last year. Mm-hmm. You know, due to injury, his minutes were up and down due to injury and because of that roster. He's moving over to a new team now. Give him some time to get his legs under him. And I don't know if all is is fixed right now, but in the last two games, the San Antonio game and then this Dallas game, he's looked a, a lot more at ease, a lot more in the flow of what the Kings are trying to do, and like he's starting to get his legs under him. And that would be a great sign. He played phenomenal yesterday. He did a great job. He was another one I was watching. I don't know if you noticed in that first, first quarter – Damn, the Kings couldn't get no subs in when they wanted to. Duarte was exhausted. <laughs> yeah, my man was gassed. <laughs> it was, and the sub was at the table. No stoppage in play. Core Duarte had to keep running <laughs> up and down the court. And, but he was playing hard. He was playing yeah, hard, yeah. man. He was getting after it. And uh, We know Kings will throw up if they have to. <laughs> we learned we learn that. You got to throw up. Just, just throw up. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with it. So shout out Duarte, man. He played really well yesterday. So yeah, glad this, to see that. The, 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 in the, in, you know, the depth of this team is proving really solid so far. It's obviously going to be tested again tonight mm-hmm. uh, now with Keon Ellis out, and we'll wait to see what happens with Sasha. I'm not – I would just – I'd be surprised if Kevin Herter played tonight, but yeah. it is a it's, – it's a, it's a day-to-day thing uh, with him. It's on his non-shooting hand, as, as the, the broadcast team pointed out on a couple of different occasions last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are all positives, but – the depth of this team so far has proved to be proved to be a, a, a strong asset. Will Z is always a strong asset for us. He's going to join us here in the two o'clock hour. Pointed out last night that the Kings are six and zero when they have thirty plus assists mm, in a game. That's a Dame stat. Thirty four assists uh, for the Parker. Sacramento Kings last night. Yeah, that's that's the D'Lo stat right there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great stat. I mean, credit to Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was the one who alluded, uh, uh, alerted me to that stat. And it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to start watching that number. And mm-hmm. to see that they're 
six and well one to see that they have six games of what twelve where they've had thirty plus assists. Mm-hmm. I like that ratio. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Yeah. Uh, give me that. Kings moved to eight and four on the season. Six <sighs> straight wins for them. Hey, we didn't even talk about the fifth straight win and how they got the seven. So and that's four. The, that's the that that's the that's the crazy. That's the that's the <laughs> tough part. That's the tough part about Friday night's games is we're yeah. doing all of this talk about De'Aaron De'Aaron. Yeah. By the way, he scored forty three <laughs> on Friday night. <laughs> 43 on Friday night in season tournament win. The Kings are in first place 43 in their group on Friday night for the Western Conference Player of the Week and leading scorer in the NBA. This dude going crazy right now, going crazy. National TV, Doc Doris, Mike Breen, they were all there to witness it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they really wanted Wimby to to shine, and Wimby played well. Oh, he did, but. That was De'Aaron Fox's game. Mm-hmm. That, was that was De'Aaron Fox's so, game. So, and, you know, we could, we could talk more about this as the day goes along because that game kind of does deserve some time. It was one of the weirdest games Bruh. in recent memory. <laughs> like, the Kings were down 18. We're at the food drive. It's like, it's cool. We just put the phone, like, kind of would walk away from the game. and yeah. they're, down, they're down like 15. Eh, they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> battle back, battle back, battle back, battle back. Go up 16, <laughs> lose that lead, and then, of course, now you're thinking, okay, I think they're in a good position to win, but you've got to score points in this one. So now you got Victor Wimbanyama scoring with like three seconds left. Kevin Herter screwed all of Las Vegas uh, to, to, try to, get, to try to get some extra points for Sacramento and took, I think it was a seven and a half, eight that and a half a point spread. spread. Mm. And the Kings won by nine oh, because of man. Kevin Herter's Bad layup B. at the end, which again – that matters because mm-hmm. it's a tournament game. Like the point differential, I wouldn't bet matters. on those tournament games. Oh my god, I would not bet. Absolutely on those tournament not. <laughs> Absolutely and, and, not. And you want to know something else about uh, Friday? Seven lead changes, seven ties. Goodness gracious! The first crazy part is it was twenty-three to five to start. The, it wasn't just a regular eighteen-point lead. It was yeah. twenty-three to five. That was ass whooping. I said, "Oh my gosh, what the hell's going on?" Yep. The other thing about it is, hey, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Victor was kind of terrifying. I was like, yo. <laughs> I was treating him like Steph. I was like, Vic's out. Hey, we got to go to work. We got to go to work. <laughs> those non-Wemby minutes. Got to take he got advantage the game, of those non-Wemby minutes. Like, what the hell do you do with this guy? I was almost like. Shoot, that's how I felt about Zach Collins. Oh, this guy. Zach Collins. <laughs> Jesus. All of a sudden, the irresistible force, Zach Collins. Jeez. Did you have you seen that that meme or gif or whatever of LeBron when he was trying to hurry up and shoot the free throw before Kawhi came in the game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how yeah. I felt when uh, Wimby got in the game. I was like, oh man, oh damn, here comes Wimby. <laughs> Inbound the ball, quick, quick. You know, he was terrifying. I don't know how I'm gonna feel about this guy in three years. He's 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 scary. De'Aaron uh, held held it down in the post though, made him travel. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, you're kind of tongue-in-cheek there. You talked about that third quarter. And I can point I, 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 I can point to a particular play where I felt like the game shifted. You talked about getting it to a double-digit lead, never looking back. I feel like there's one particular play that started that. Okay. And it was a De'Aaron Fox play. Mm. It was not on the offensive end. Mm. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're just getting started. Stilo and KC, uh, 
more Kings coverage ahead. Uh, if we have time, we'll get into the NFL for sure. The phone lines are open for you. 916-909-1320. Uh, Stephen Casey on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. I uh, want to make a quick, quick mention because I, I think we'll, we'll get to it later. I'll leave it. Can I, uh, I, don't, I don't remember if I did or not. Damn, I don't know if I did. That was a bad job by me. But, you know, birthday air horns for, for my son, Reese. I don't know if you got them on Friday. No, I don't think we did on Friday. I did, I did, I did think of that when we were texting on Saturday. But, yeah, happy yeah. birthday to our man, Reese. He had a, had a big-time birthday, big-time 11th mm-hmm. birthday. Went down to L.A., where he affectionately calls it his hometown. Of course, yeah. Uh, well, I like that. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's not my hometown. Oh. It's not. Anyway, once it university. is actually his hometown. It is his. He was born and raised, well, born for and raised for three, four years oh. in L.A. Um, yeah, went to Universal Studios. Super, they do a great job. First of all, I think Universal Studios is better than Disneyland. Don't at me. That's just oh uh, man, that's you, facts. You and Kyle about to throw hands. Yeah, tomorrow, Disneyland is. I like Disneyland. It's cool or whatever, but I think Universal Studios is better. Um, and they did a phenomenal job with. Super Nintendo World. There's okay. so there's still some things they can work out. They can add to it. It could be, but it's it, it feels feels special when you get in there and you're like, oh, Mario. They got the Mario store with the hat, all this other stuff. Yeah, they they did they did a really good job with that. And then we we'll give a shout out to uh, my people over at Jordan Brand. On Sunday, we went down to the uh, Jumpman LA store. Uh, got a got a tour of the of the building. Not everybody gets the tour, you know. what I'm saying, I had my had my boy feeling like VIP. So you know, he got a tour of, of all the levels in the building. Uh, went outside on the rooftop court. Got to hit a couple of shots out there. It, all by himself. That's that's not a place that you can get to on his own. So big ups to him. Big ups to my man over at Jumpman. Shout out to my man Laron. Shout out to my man Sean. They set it all up, and uh, that store is is amazing. You ever been to the Jumpman LA store? I haven't. You would enjoy it. No. That, that store is amazing. I, haven't. I don't know anyone like that, so I can't stop, go. Stop. Best part no. of this shout out is that Grease Summerson. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Casey. Yeah, <laughs> pr- probably. He's probably listening, going, "Dad, stop telling my business." <laughs> no, you don't call him Dad. Remember, he calls oh, him that's Casey. Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Stop <laughs> telling my business, Kenneth. I ain't here for that. Uh, let's get Lizzie in here. Nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. Lizzie. Go, Yo, d and KC, two of America's most wanted. What's up, y'all? <laughs> hey, JL, what's up? Hey, his man. additional, uh, you know, title to his call or, or greeting is, yeah. it's different every time, and I enjoy it every single time. Hey, hey KC, I was going to go with a different one, man. I was going to be like, hey, Kings are on a win streak. Ooh, and I like it. But that that's too old, nah, too. Yeah, People don't. ain't going to catch that. No, People ain't going to know what's up. No, just don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Like, Lizzie, how old are you? Like, what era did you grow up in? Hey, hey I know good music, man. That's my thing, no, man. I, 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 kids, okay. I got know. you. No, that's facts. That's facts. Tony, Tony, Tupac, uh, Drake, whatever. I'll be with it, man. You went Tony, Tony, Tony to Tupac to Drake. All right, Lizzie. <laughs> like. Lizzie a fool, man. What's going on with you, dog? Lizzie, Lizzie gone. Damn. Hey. Oh. No. Yeah. No, I was a day. No, no. I'm. I'm. I'm, I don't think your cell phone service is really pleased with this call. (laughs) They cut you off there for a minute, man. Go ahead. Oh dang! They they try to stop me, man. That's right. Hey, I just wanted to talk about uh Fox real quick, man. Hey, and Keegan Murray, aka Kawhi Murray. Hey, man, Fox is killing it this year. I know in the past I've been hypercritical of Fox, but 
hey, man, what's it going to take for him to start getting some real MVP consideration? Because we've seen this team without Fox, and it's day and night when he's on the court and when he's not. You know, when Sabonis first came over, I thought Sabonis was the new engine, like really powering the Kings. But I don't know. It's looking more like Fox nowadays. And also, um, do you guys uh, – I probably asked this in the past. I always be calling y'all. Do you think Keegan Murray can really step up and take that uh, position as the second best player on the team? Because it's starting to look more the and more The second likely. or the third? I say second. I don't think he can no. get the second. No. Yeah, I don't think he can get the second. That's no. not a slight on him. No, that like is he's got two who, all pros. That That is who uh, Domas Sabonis is. That's his spot. I still think Domas can be the engine. Just because we all saw this come together with the hug heard around the world <laughs> when Domantas Sabonis got here. Yeah, That doesn't mean that De'Aaron Fox isn't the best player. Mm. That doesn't mean De'Aaron Fox isn't you know the most important player on this roster. But it does feel like Domas brings a lot of this together. Now, I think they can survive. We've we've seen them like like if Domas is and no one wants to experience this, but Domas out like a game, two game you you're survived that. Domas out long term, I think that's tough. Mm. Cuz that restructures your game plan right. a lot. Yeah. Um DeAaron so much and I and it, the the term has almost become overused, but it's completely appropriate. Domas unlocked something in De'Aaron Fox. Mm. And it's created this, this incredible duo that is one of the best in the league. And you talked about when the Kings finally extended the lead to kind of double digits, and it was like once they got there, they, 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 were, they were never looking back. Mm-hmm. There was a play. I don't remember the score. Didn't time stamp it. That's my bad. Should have. Didn't Wasn't taking meticulous notes last night. Yeah. But everyone will know it when I say it. When De'Aaron dove on the floor and got that steal and then hit the outlet, you know, hit the, hit the pass so the Kings could get out in transition, yeah. I felt like everything shifted right there. Mm. And it shifted on both sides of the floor for me mm. in my visual experience watching this. Mm-hmm. I was more hyped. I was watching the game more hyped. I feel like the Kings responded. It's the high school high thing you talk about all of the time. When the guy does that, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we following suit. We winning for this dude. Yeah. We winning for this dude because that team was busting their ass on the defensive end because every minute through most of three quarters, I'm fearful of Kyrie Irving. Every time Kyrie had the ball and would do something, get to the basket, I remember what he did last year. He was hitting Late, shots yesterday. I, I rem- right. And I remember I was like, y'all, this talking about Luca. I've seen Kyrie I've seen Kyrie shut down a watch party. <laughs> I've seen Kyrie shut down a packed watch party by himself. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the Kings defensive intensity elevated just a little bit more after that play from De'Aaron Fox. And they never looked back after that. Yeah, I think it was a second quarter play on the top of my head. Because I just remember the way he stole the ball, what direction they were going. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were going. If you're watching on TV, they were going to the right. Mm-hmm. So it was second quarter play, and you know it was a great play. It was a great play, great hustle play by your best player, one of your best players, whatever you want to call him. And it is a tone setter, you know, to see that play being made. And I just think that's that's the the type of guys they have. You know, they don't. They don't need anybody else to do their dirty work. 
Fox and Sabonis, even though I like for Fox to not have to guard the, the best guard all the time or whatever. He's like, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do it. It's whatever. Do I need to get on the floor? I'll do that too. And that's just when you have that type of leadership coming from your best players and it, it, a guy like uh, Mike Brown demanding, you know, a certain level of play and intensity from their best players, it's infectious. It's absolutely infectious. What an impressive weekend for De'Aaron Fox. Mm. Impressive weekend for De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. I said this almost sarcastically. De'Aaron Fox scored 43 on Friday. And it felt a 43 like, that the Kings needed. It felt like he could have he could have had 50. It really did because I was. You remember he, what you said before the game? What I say? We're out at uh, we're out in the rain at the grocery outlet. We got the game pulled up on our phone, collecting donations, doing the whole thing. I'm gonna need a 30 piece for Fox tonight. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, he, he got had a 40 that piece. Easy. Yeah, he had that he easy. got a 40 piece. And I say it felt like he could have had 50 because. He, I remember in that third quarter, he had missed like a, a driving layup that that it's just easy. It was easy work. It's like at the end of the quarter, missed a driving layup, missed like two or three free throws, and he missed like another one. I think that was gonna give him forty one. It was like a little floater that went in and out and popped out. Like he could have easily had fifty that night. Mm-hmm. Easily have fifty. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and and I, I'll say I got. I got one text message from one of the homies. Okay. That's why he the homie, because he he don't he don't do no funny stuff. Okay, and I think it was Alan. I think you know Alan. Alan was sitting at the table. Alan? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guy, Alan. <laughs> no, I was. You said Alan, like I was. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I know Alan. Was he swirling wine around in a glass? No, no, Kimmick infringement. That Allen was <laughs> that was wild when I saw that. Oh. <laughs> bar for bar. Hey, it's a hey, it's a hey. word for word, we're, bar for bar. We're, we're happy to uh, influence the young generation. Say that. We're happy to influence the young. Oh generation. man, but that Allen was not at my at my uh, at my wedding. I thought he might have been at the same table as you, but uh, I got a text from him. Okay. And that's why I rock with my guy because he, he hit me up on Friday night. He was like, y'all can come out to West, bro. Mm. And I said, I said, I know. I said, I, I, sometimes I feel like they might need one more piece. Might need one more piece. Keegan might be that. They might need another one outside of that. Never know. And he said, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. But Fox is unguardable. Fox unguardable. And – you know, and I, I mentioned that, number one, to talk about people taking notice. Like, it's, he lives in the Bay Area. He mm-hmm. just watches the NBA in general. He, know, he knows how nice Fox is. But being on that stage, you know, being on that ESPN stage mm-hmm. allowed him to, you know, be able to do do that on a, on a big-time stage like that. But I also bring that up to say, once again, Kings won six games in a row. How many phone calls do you think I've gotten? Oh, man, y'all playing good. Y'all killing you know, we'll take Allen outside of it because I just mentioned that. But oh, you, y'all, y'all doing good. Have you text gotten, messages? Oh man, y'all look nice out there. <laughs> How many do you think I've got? See, that's why I be keeping track of all this stuff. I be keeping track. Have you gotten any text about selling high on Demontis Simonis? 
Yo, is it time for you to tell me why? Because I, I want to know why you think the coverage is the way it is on on Domas. You said you had a had a answer or a thought as I to why. I have a theory. Yeah. yeah, I have a theory. Um, let's get TC first. Nine one six nine zero nine. Thirteen twenty. What's They're up? one away. Hey, they're one away. And it away. could happen tonight. Oh my God! TC. It could happen tonight. TC the prophet. TC got a better uh, grasp on the Kings than the Niners. <laughs> hey, look, man! Look, TC, you got you. That's too tough, man. Cutting up already. All the way, man. What's up with my two brothers, though, man? What's up, my guy? What's up, big dog? Oh man, listen, just hey, riding high off the Kings. Listen, hey man, hey, look, we balling. Fox MVP status, like you like. Look, man, the boys is doing their thing right now. I ain't, ain't looking really scary. Mm. Fox is unguardable. Domas is stepping up two-way kicks. Mm. Hey, this is this can go down in history. Hey, y'all thought we had fun last year, man. I just wanted to chime in, check with my boys. How was y'all weekend, though? It was good, man. It was good. I mean, yesterday was a perfect Sunday, you know, a, per- a perfect day for your boys. So, and was it I perfect guess, for you, Yeah, KC? I was about to say, I guess it's a perfect day for you. I don't know about it with T.C., <laughs> I didn't know we were still talking to TC. Uh, I cut, I cut him. I cut him on that. I didn't know we were still talking to him. That's all right. I heard TC this morning, so I know how he feels. Anyway. <laughs> I know how he feels anyway. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a perfect Sunday. But you know what? He brought up something um, that I meant to ask you mm-hmm. about with this team, mm-hmm. and ask everybody else. You talked about the play with De'Aaron Fox diving on the floor. Everybody picked up their their level of focus and intensity on the defensive end after that. Mm-hmm. What was the final score again? Uh, 129-113. That's right, that's right. What was the final score on uh, Friday night? Do you have that in front of you? 129-120. What about Wednesday? All right. Well, damn. I'm not you here. <laughs> Wednesday, 125-110. Monday, last one. 132-120. So they out here putting out 132-125-129-129. Still locking up on defense. Mm. That's what I'm saying, man. Mm. We didn't have to sacrifice anything. They can still lock up Mm. on the defensive end and put up them points that we want to see. I agree. And and they're showing it. They're showing it right now. This um, This is a league average defense. Mm-hmm. And again, you can't tell us that this isn't the '85 Bears. <laughs> you can't tell us that this isn't the you know 2000 Baltimore Ravens out here with the with the with the greatest defense. Don't tell us nothing about defenses in any sport. We're watching the Sacramento Kings do what they do. Yeah, you know what's so crazy about uh, that three game losing streak? You know how bad they were offensively in the three games. They're only averaging. Oh, yeah. They're only averaging yeah. 117 points a game. Yeah, that's how bad they were. These guys have spent the better part of a week and a half putting up like 130 plus, yeah. and they're still only had 117 a game. They had games where they scored 101, 89, oh. and 97. Oh no, that's not gonna get it done. Not to mention the 105 they scored in a win against the Thunder. Oh man, damn. 117. It's still good for eh, – I can't really count. It's either 10th or 11th right now in the league. Jesse, can you help me out in here? I forgot to log Sarah in. Can you Can you, Can you? you get us – you're listening to D-Lo and Casey 
on KIFM, West Sacramento, 98.5 FM, KRX, QHD2, Sacramento, ESPN, 1320. Always live on the free Odyssey app as Sarah Hodges is about to join us. Oh, oh, Kings fans got some smoke for Sarah Hodges, by the way. Oh, they smoking that Sarah Hodges pack. Hang on. We're going to get you logged in. We're going to get an opportunity to to respond to all of this. Crazy about our guy, though. I want to answer your question first. Because you ask why, um, I told you I had a theory about why I think um, Domas's play might be drowned out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if part of it is because, one, Jokic exists. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, Jokic is, again, Domas is averaging like 19 points per game. He's got to break the 20-point threshold for no other reason than to get the casuals' attention. The and it's casuals. not it's not 29 which is what Nikola Jokic is doing. Right. Unlike Nikola Jokic, Domas doesn't have to score 29. Mm-hmm. That's what DeAaron does. Mm-hmm. That's why DeAaron is leading the league in scoring. But I wonder if you look at Jokic, Joe, mm-hmm. to a certain degree Giannis, mm. you're talking about the last three MVPs, you're talking about the last like five years, six years of MVPs right there. Mm-hmm. They're all, to a certain degree, bigs. Mm-hmm. And Giannis, I don't know what to classify him as. He's not a center, but I don't know what you he's call Giannis. Giannis. He's, he's just a Giannis, right? <laughs> and it's like it's just it's just it's just bigs. It's just and I wonder if they're looking at well, he's not averaging thirty. Mm. Even though he's av- you know, he's leading, you know, averaging twelve rebounds or whatever it is, eight assists. <laughs> Doma or uh, Jokic is averaging 14 and nine assists to go along with the 29 points. And it, it really feels like if that's what it is, and I'm not even saying you're wrong, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good observation on your point, but that's embarrassing. No, the, I agree. And it's O'Connors, just, again, it's, the, ju- it's just a theory. people out there. Like, it, that, that's, a, that's embarrassing that you need uh, somebody to put up MVP numbers to, like, acknowledge them, mm-hmm. so to speak. Shout out to Roman Reigns. What Domas is doing is he's playing like one of the best players in the league, let alone big man. He's playing like one of the best players. And you watch him play, he does so much out there in the way of distributing the basketball, scoring the basketball. His rebounding is top-notch. Defensively, while he's not a stout defender individually, he is a guy that is communicating and barking out instructions for the whole team like a backline guy is supposed to. So he's a leader, Sarah Hodges. He's a leader. Oh, we oh, on that Sarah Hodges leader. pack. <laughs> we smoking that Sarah Hodges pack today. First and oh. foremost, let me just start off by saying. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> never that. No. <laughs> start off by prefacing that I said I didn't want him to have the ball in his hands with the game on the line in the final seconds. Mm. I never said that Domas wasn't a good player. Did I say that he was at times playing soft in the paint? Yes. I felt like he needed to get stronger in the paint. He would get bumped a little bit. He could pick up an and one, what would be an easy and one, good three-point play, mm. and he would miss to me an easy layup when you're a big man like that and you should be able to have a little bit of contact and still finish. Like it's That was my point. I, I'm, I'm, I always I'm, thought he was one of the smartest players on the floor. I'd never questioned his ability to make everybody <laughs> else around him better, which he does, uh-huh. and I think that's the best part about him. Uh-huh. All I did was say that in the final seconds, you I'm going to, I called him You called him soft. And we've seen him soft in the paint. I, 
I ain't I mean, seen I him soft in the paint. No, I have. No, I, I don't think no. he's soft in the paint. Oh, I think. I think. I, no, think, I think. Like you're I told wrong. Damien the other day, okay. I think soft. I think okay. unathletic. You guys, gets masked as soft. He, has, not all the time, but this guy like fouls to get buckets in the paint. Who, Often, yes. So if he fouls, offensive fouls. Like, yeah. So how does that make him soft? Well, when he gets when it's him getting a little bit bumped, that's when he can't finish. But I, I think that's the thing. I don't think he's getting a little bit bumped. I think he's getting roughed up and he's playing through it sometimes. Because it's a it's it's a your. I point. think that's fair. Like that does happen, but to your point, he does deliver the blow. To my point, like he do, that's that's to me that's the point of him not. Being I will soft. say in the he last gets physical, since we he gets crazy. In I there. will say like since we did talk about this last week. He has played a lot tougher. Well, we got he to was listening. And, uh, yeah, yeah he was like listening. I will say that. Like I was like, why? I was like, oh gosh, of course. <laughs> After I say that, like maybe he was listening. So, maybe it was just a matter. But there, you know, that's something I know. So, look, I sit there and ABC watch games. Ten, no exclusive. I'm sitting here. I'm <laughs> sitting, CBS thirteen. I'm sitting here watching games, and these are the things that this was a note for me. I'm like, you know, he's getting bumped. He can't finish the the three point play. I just think he, I think he I, I think he really gets rocked down there. I think he I does, think that's and he the, does some rocking. He's too. just he's mm-hmm. like uh, he's like kind of like the Marcus used to be. Definitely like Dwight and Shaq used to be. Mm-hmm. You gotta hit them pretty hard. Like Domas is absurdly strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you gotta hit them pretty hard to throw them off their shot off their game a little bit, and that's what I think happens. I would. I guess. I would just l- like to have seen him, from what I had seen, finish even getting a little you. bit bumped. That's it. The, the, and, uh, I, and I'm saying uh, that in the final seconds, that's not who I would give the ball to. I never once didn't said like Domas wasn't a good play. Like that's just crazy. I love Domas. No, you didn't say that. You no. didn't. You didn't say. He wasn't I just a gave good an player. example. Just, of, the only thing you said was like you said you wouldn't give it to him uh, late in games, and you said he was soft. But you never said you he didn't wasn't even a good say it with your chest either. Yeah. I you didn't say it with you my never chest. Said he wasn't was, a you said it because with like I had a feeling this would happen. You, because I you said it with like your lower intestines, but not really. <laughs> well, no, not really. Yeah, tried, he kind of did that. Well, yeah. she, she tried to whisper it, not yeah. knowing that she was. I did know. Yeah. I just didn't want to say it over the radio. Say well, it like with your chest, girl, say it with your chest. Like Stephen Brown says, we accept your apology. There we go. Oh this gosh, we, we, we accept. Yeah, that, how about that this? How about like this? How about this? You're welcome. Well, that works too. That works too. All that matters is Domas is killing it right now, and we have yes. one of the best duos in the entire league. Yeah, you know what? Sure. I I don't love anything more than a player proving me wrong. Like th- that excites me. Like it's not like my feelings are hurt because he's playing better. I'm more excited. I'm like, good, yeah, prove me wrong. Yeah. Say like soft who, soft what? Like that's what it's about. I'm a competitor, and so in some ways, you know, it's just you got to call it how you see it. You guys hear what I say about my own team. It's yeah. no hate at all. Poor just Derek like, Carr still catching strays. Yeah. <laughs> she said, yeah. <laughs> hey, six six wins in a row, man. What what are you seeing differently from this team in this winning streak? Is it as simple as De'Aaron Fox is back? Like, is it just he's back, they balance everything out with him? I think in the games that he's played, we talked about points per game uh, over the season, but I feel like in the games that he's played, I forgot where I saw it, they're averaging like 127 points per game or something. Is it as yeah. simple as him being back and him being the engine 
that makes this team go. I think that has a lot to do with it because when a guy like De'Aaron Fox, you know, the best player on the floor, is putting in that type of effort, giving that type of energy in every game, that's going to light a spark under everybody. At least it should, and I think it does for this team. I think that they respect him a lot. So when you see you know, your best player on the floor getting after it on both sides, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that should only motivate you. And I think it does. It motivates the rest of the team. It's like, okay, well, this is the standard. Like, we better get on yeah. or get off. Yeah. And he kind of sets the tone, you know, not to mention he's phenomenal and now he's hitting his threes. His shot looks crazy good, w- improved for sure. And we already know what he can do when he drives the lane and, and all of that. So, mm-hmm. And steal, what do you have, three steals last night? Yeah. Like, I love yeah, that. he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's putting his body on the line. He was just injured. He doesn't care. Like, mm-hmm. that should get fans super excited. Absolutely. Uh, this from the desk of one Will Z. FYI, Sarah Hodges. That's not what he said. That's what <laughs> I said. Sabonis has 11 and ones this year, mm. tied for seventh most in the league. Mm. Uh, so Dom, Domas mm-hmm. is, 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 is down there working, man. Well, next time I'll make sure to check in with you before I say anything. <laughs> I think that's a good strategy. Literally. Goodness gracious. Hey, you got to be able to take the firing squad. Yeah. I don't gotta, care. It's cool. I grew up with all brothers. I've been bullied my whole life. <laughs> bullied? Yeah. Oh, man, bullied. I got tough skin. <laughs> oh, you're a Raiders fan, so of course you have yeah, tough skin. Have of tough course. Skin. Uh, and a Cubs fan. Ooh. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, because I grew up in, my dad's from Illinois, so I my parents divorced when I was young, so I spent summers in Illinois. Oh, that's right. You so, told me about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I that's remember right. that, but I didn't know you were a Cubs fan, though. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not a Dodgers or I thought Angels you were a Dodgers fan. fan. No, I don't. I, my mom and I, like, my mom's a huge Dodgers fan, and, like, mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, playoff time, and she's just... If I even say anything about the Dodgers, she like goes so deep with me. She's like, well, my mom used to take me to games and like, don't say it. Like my, my grandma passed away. Like you can't even talk about the Dodgers. That's so rude. Like my mom used to take me when I was like, I was like, whoa, we don't need to get personal with it. Like that's how Kenny my bad. Kenny's a big see, Dodgers wait, fan. See, this, oh my gosh, I swear to media, bro. The media. I swear. I have I swear. photographic evidence of Kenny outside a Dodgers. This stupid little Dodgers store. I just flicked it off. But no photographic evidence of that. What, As you would say, what a coinkydink. Stop it. Stop it. We'll come back. Sarah Hodges is here with us. She's not going nowhere. She's going to cuss us out during the commercial break. <laughs> We're going to come Wait. back. We'll talk more Kings, maybe a little 49ers, maybe a little of her Raiders. Uh, oh, yeah. Much, much more ahead uh, as the Kings win their sixth straight with their opportunity at number seven tonight. Mm. In New Orleans, Steeler and KC, along with Sarah Hodges, brought to you by Sky River Casino on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Back here with CBS 13, Sarah Hodges spent a commercial break recapping her weekend for us. Yeah, but about that weekend, we got we got playoff football coming up here soon, right? Saturday. We yeah. we, we got it right. No. Oh, we got it? Oh, yes, I, on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah. here, be square. Oh. That's right. Yeah. ESPN Playoff football. Yeah. Sac State getting into the playoffs. Yeah. Stingers yeah. up. It don't matter how. It matter how they got it there. It don't matter now no. yeah. because they you're just, in the playoffs. They got there. O- That's all that matters. O and O. That's it. Yeah. That's it. North Dakota is who they got on Saturday. Um, so, stingers up. Let's go, yeah, baby. Yeah, for sure. Hey, you pissed some people off last night. That was fun to watch. Who, me? Yeah. 
you do piss people off a lot, especially on on Twitter. But they say F me for your new the new era of the Western oh, Conference. Yeah, they didn't oh, like that. they got they, in there. Oh, feelings and there's so about many people. That. So there was a tweet. That Two I particular seen. fan bases seem to be really, really bothered by that tweet. <laughs> and, and I mean, just the critical thinking skills have, have got to be better well, for a lot of people. And so what I said last night. Let me see if I can I can find it. I don't even know where I had it at. I said it somewhere. But basically, I said Kings. Thunder, mm-hmm. T-Wolves, Nuggets. The new era in the Western Conference is about to start or something like that. Number one, I didn't even look at the standings. I didn't even realize those are the top four teams in the standings. And second of all, I just looked at how these teams have been put together, the ages of the the best players on these teams. I was like, yo, there's going to be a shift, you know, and it's it's starting right now. That doesn't mean – the Lakers or the Warriors or the Clippers, anybody can't do anything this year. They could mm-hmm. all be in the Final Four this year. I, I That has nothing to do with what I'm saying. I said it's the start of a different era. Also because, what do you think, Steph and LeBron just yeah. going to play till 70? Exactly. Like, no, they're at the tail end of their career, and they got these guys ready to ready to take over, these, these four teams that I talked about. But, yeah, th- to your point – Couple fan bases. It's only November. not please, <laughs> not please. Those Lakers and Warriors fan bases were upset. Yeah, yeah. It's, like well, I said, they feel like they're just going to bring in the right guys once the other ones are going to be done. Right? The they Warriors, feel like they're going to still be relevant even post Curry. And- so look, the Warriors. I, I don't. I don't mean this is shade. I'm just being real. I mean, there's no evidence to say they're not the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls of the 90s. They had Jordan, and then it was just nasty for years. And they haven't, they haven't really – they haven't gotten back to that level since. I know they had Derrick Rose for a year or two MVP season. They still lost in the conference finals in five, and then he got hurt and all this other stuff. Like, they haven't got back to any kind of real championship level since But you're talking about when you're talking about when Steph retires, right? Because, right, 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 right. Because the, the, the difference between the two teams – and I, you can – I don't – I don't know if I'm validating your – I don't know what point this is making, but the Warriors made the playoffs and don't win the finals, mm-hmm. right? The Bulls don't. Yeah. The Bulls went to the to the finals, what, six times in eight years. They w- Once they got over the hump of making the playoffs, it was just – they just won championships. Then Mike left, and it was over, and yeah. that was it. I mean, That's they, not what's happening with Golden State. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's more of a, a slow burn where you think, like, you know, maybe they're not a title contender – but they're probably going to make the playoffs, and yeah. it doesn't feel like and it today. And I don't think that they're going to like play bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I th- I think they're still going to be good and competitive, regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'm even talking about when Steph leaves, though. Like when Steph yeah, leaves, so when Steph leaves, that's a that's a different and and they're not animal. the they're not the Lakers, right? Yeah, the Lakers are a team that traditionally, when a superstar leaves, when Kobe leaves, you'll get LeBron. Get you'll get LeBron yeah. when LeBron Magic leaves, left. You'll get Anthony you ended Edwards. up getting right. But maybe Steph changes <laughs> but, that. And maybe, you know, them winning the way that they have changes that. Maybe, but I doubt it. I doubt but, it. Yeah, I mean, there, but normally a lot changes, though. Like, there's – Steph seems like a guy players will like to play with when they're old, so that could be, like, a positive thing. I, I, one of the things that I think is happening with the Lakers is LeBron and, like, God rest his soul, but we all know there was a – no people stopped wanting to play with Kobe mm. because Kobe was getting older – and 
I think it was just getting harder to play with him. Mm. And he's already a hard individual to play mm. with they, when he's yeah, young, don't take no much mess. less when his yeah. skills start to decline. I don't feel like LeBron James' skills are declining, but I think he's a hard player to 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 play with. Period. But you don't you don't think Steph's skills are declining? No. Okay. So, but but I but in Steph's case, I don't think that's going to matter. Right. If Steph's skills decline at thirty eight and he wants to play till forty, I don't think a potential superstar who wants to play with Steph Curry his last two years is going to care. No one wanted to play with Kobe his last two years. Yeah. I don't think we're in LeBron's last two years. Ooh. And so I don't – we'll have to see who wants to play with him. But, but, yeah, he's But he's even that, good. and this is the, these are the things that – See, that's the thing. I don't think he's ever going to look bad. It's just how much – sorry, Casey. No, you're fine. How much goes into him being able to play. Like, you know, we all know the Kevin Garnett story. Like, it, it took Kevin Garnett four hours to get ready to play 35 minutes in a basketball game for like mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. And, and But, see, these are the things that – I'm talking about when I say I used to have these conversations with Laker fans when I was living down there when Kobe was, and I was like, "Yo, you guys are, you guys are done." Here's the funny thing. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. So Kobe was was at the tail end of his career, and I said, "You guys are done for at least ten years, like done." Now, oh no, we're the Lakers. Like that won't ever happen. I was like, "Well, look what happened between '91 and when was your next championship?" And Kobe, yeah, 2000. Like, like that's ten years. Ten years. Mm-hmm. Like that, and that's. Best you didn't even scenario. win in 91. No. And I was like, that's best case scenario. And this, mm-hmm. is, this is why I chuckled because I was like, that's best case scenario. That's like assuming you guys get Jabari Parker or Andrew Wiggins. Oh, my Wiggins. God. Remember that? <laughs> oh. That's what those are the conversations I was having. I was like, that's assuming you yeah. get one of those next guys. Y'all weren't like outside that. for that conversation, boy. <laughs> and it's almost the same thing. Like the, the, the next generation stars – are are really locked up right now. They're not going like Giannis ain't leaving. Uh, Joel maybe. I think Joel will go to the East Coast, go to Joel's the Knicks before come to LA. Lakers. Jokic ain't leaving. Booker's not leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? If you want to go to the next tier Probably or whatever, talk about Ant Man and Ant Man. I don't think Luke. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. Tatum. Tatum. He not yeah. leaving. Yeah. Jalen Brown not. So like, say there. You know, and not this year, but. Next year, it just all falls down for the Warriors and Lakers. Ah, oh, it's time to regroup. Who are you going to go get that's going mm. to win you a championship? Mm. Yeah. Like, you're going to get somebody like LaMarcus Aldridge was at that point. Like, mm. a cool little player, but he ain't changing your fortunes like that. Like, who are you going to get? Like, it's the era. That era is coming to an end. But but you, you don't think that they can start a new era maybe within a few years? Of maybe. One I think Kenny's era point, though, is with who? Well, maybe you have to see who comes out in the draft. Maybe you go that way. Lakers, Rebuild Lakers, a little bit. Lakers, Lakers had number Bronny. two pick for three years. Yeah. And then it took them another three years to like get the Anthony Davis, LeBron win a championship. That's, that's six years right there at the worst. <clears throat> at worst. Six years. So from the moment, like it's looking like it is, I'll just say next year because who knows what happens this year. From the moment it looking like it is next year where it's like, damn, this thing is over. We got to regroup and find the next guy. You're looking at a minimum six, seven years, and but, that's for the Lakers. But I ain't even talking about the Warriors. But you know could what's, be the Bulls. You know what's, what's, what's funny about that, like listening to you lay that out and laying out these different timelines for, for the, war, the, the, the Lakers is the Warriors probably had their, their second incarnation of a team set 
But it, this is this is a weird sentence because as a as a as an owner, you have to be able to answer this question. As a general manager, as a coach, as a player, the caliber of Steph Curry, and as a fan, mm-hmm. for for fun, as a fan, you answer this question. You you could make the argument the Warriors sacrificed all of that to win one more championship. Mm. You sacrifice what could have been your next ten to fifteen years, mm-hmm. but you got another championship out of it. And it's always and I don't it. know I don't know how you rationalize like if I were, if I was Bob Myers or even Joe Lacob or Steph I don't know how I rationalize not winning the championship because if I'm those guys I'm like what the hell does Kaminga's development got to do with me right I'm gonna be 37 when he develops well it ain't got nothing to do with me and, and and as a fan and somebody that is running that organization. All right, it's whatever. Yes, I got the chip. Right, right. I got the yeah. chip. That's I mean, that's, all that that's what it's about. Yeah, it's about it's the hard chip. to win games in the NBA, let alone win a championship. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Come on. And they won what damn near feels like an improbable championship. Right. So I look, I look at the way these teams are set up, like the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, who already have And won. credit to the Timberwolves because that was me. They're playing well. They're I doing their thing. I didn't buy it. Like, I was like, well, I don't want to say I didn't buy it. It was more of, you got to show me. Like, everybody keeps talking about you year after year after year, and you don't show anything. Mm-hmm. All right, I got you. And, and then and message the, message heard. And, and um, and the, who was the other team I said? The Nuggets. The Thunder. The Thunder. I mean, they're all set up a certain way to start to ascend as these teams are coming, coming down. Then you got teams that I'm not sure about. Like, Jason Jones was asking me, Luka's probably better than all those guys. He might be, mm-hmm. but – I don't. Does anybody like the Mavericks right now? I just don't like, think Luca. Like can, looking at looking at the Mavericks for the next five years, everybody like, yeah, they about to be there. Do you think Luca can win? I think Luca has. He's he's missing like he's like a little bit sluggish or almost like not as like he, he's not like he doesn't have like that hustler in him. Mm. You know what I mean? That you see out of like real like gamers. Like obviously he's good. Like come on, and he's a he's a bully and his his whole like. When you look at him, you just don't expect what you see. Mm. Um, he would I never. It's funny. She didn't. I don't think you meant this at all. You said hustler, and all I could think of was Anthony Edwards. The Anthony Edwards. The, he would never do what De'Aaron did never. last night. Never. That play that you talked about. Yeah. Oh, but him diving not, on the floor. Yeah. That yeah. The, that's not, yeah. That's not. That's what him. I'm saying. And like that's literally that's what motivates the rest of the guys around you. Like when you see somebody, even when that you work mm. with, like out there hustling, out hustling everybody, showing up early, showing that they care. You're going to raise the standards for everybody around you. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe you're not even meaning to do that, but it's just, and I just don't know, you know, that that's in him. He's so supremely talented. Very. And every time, like, he, he's impossible to watch. Yesterday was Like, watching yeah, last was, night's game was yeah. such a freaking chore because of him. I mean, and just the way even HB picked his pocket there in, like, I don't know, the final few minutes, what was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, yeah and I was just, yeah. he was, like, so sluggish. I was like, bro, like. He had yeah. checked out a while ago. Yeah. He was exhausted, to, to, to the point that you just made. He was exhausted. Yeah. And fatigue, what's the, what's the line? Fatigue makes cowards out of all of us. Yeah. He starts jacking up shots because he feels the game slipping away, mm-hmm. doesn't trust anyone else on the floor, despite you have one of the – yeah. Greatest playmakers of this generation right. on your team. He trusted only himself. And again, he was exhausted. And I'm not even faulting him for that. 
They played the night before. He played big minutes the night before. He's getting run up and down the floor by the Sacramento Kings. His And that's what the Kings are going to do to teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how other teams are going to get exposed. And his mm-hmm. and, and there are people who are arguing that the Mavericks are being exposed right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like Luka's game isn't conducive to like winning. I don't think it is either. Unbelievably talented. There's a difference between yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievably talented. There's no question about that. Maybe he needs like a Mike Brown to be, you know, challenging him. Like, yeah, you're good, but you could be way better. Like, say, Boy, like yeah. De'Aaron. His like, coach you is see a the, spectator. Yeah, like, you His see De'Aaron. Just... He was good before, but he's only gotten so much better because he had a coach who believed in him, pushed him, raised the bar, and said, you can be great. You're good, but you can be great. Do you know? But you know what about what you said, Sarah? De'Aaron before anything even happened, said, like, he didn't use his name specifically, but he said, I I not only want, I need a Coach Brown coaching me. Mm-hmm. I need somebody that's going to hold me accountable, yeah. that's going to hold my, me and my teammates accountable, who's going to ask for me to be as good as I possibly could yeah. be. From everything that we see right now, Luca, and this may be fair or unfair, but I'm just going off the things that I've heard. Luca runs people out who don't do things the way he wants it done. Yeah. Like we are obviously don't know the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. Maybe y'all do. I don't of what goes on, you know, with the maps, but it just seems like the accountability isn't, isn't there. You when know? your coach goes to the media and says he's a spectator, like everybody else to me, that's a red flag yeah. <laughs> for him to say, well, there's nothing I could do about it. I'm watching it just like you uh, guys to me. All right. My bad coach. You're fired. Yeah. I'm going to find someone who can yeah. step in and coach this that, team. That's I think he I think Luca needs to be challenged in a different way. Does he accept it, though? So that's it. If he doesn't, then he can lose. Like, do you like losing? Like, I'm confused. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not working, it's not working. Because I'm sure Rick Carlisle challenged him. And that's be, why Rick Carlisle's in Indiana. Yeah. So I, I don't. You're right. You're 100 percent right. Maybe it needs to be just like the he, right coach to, you know, some. It just dep- like maybe a different coach would challenge it. Like he would respect a different coach in a different way. Like I feel I don't like know. I feel like as as much as we we get on him a little bit, I feel like Jason Kidd's probably challenged him to be a better player, to be to be a better uh, team. And I don't want to say teammate because everybody seems to love Luca. That's around him. He seems like there's no teammates that are like, man, this guy's you know a problem to have to deal with every day. He seems to be a pleasant man. They all seem to like him. Um, people around the league seem to like Luca. Like it's not a personality quirk it could be his understanding of what it takes to win in this league on that level mm-hmm. it's that changing and maybe like he's plateauing a little bit right mm-hmm. like where he's at and like he needs somebody something whether even as a coach or not or maybe it's somebody in his life you know mm-hmm. that will spark that extra effort that he needs to the funny thing better. about plateauing is he's like still really really good of course mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's Almost embarrassing to even talk about it, but I mean it is true. Like, he but was it's not what funny. he. But this is what he's been though. <clears throat> yeah, it's and and it, at, at some point I think a lot of people, probably including ourselves, have waited for that game to equal winning. Mm-hmm. Now this is a team that got to the Western Conference Finals two, two years, years ago or ago. whatever it was. Raise your hand in the chat if you bought it. Like, no one bought it. No one bought what the doubt doesn't take away from the fact that they did it. Mm-hmm. They did it, and they deserve credit for that. No one bought it and saw it as sustainable. Mm-hmm. And here we are. They missed the playoffs last year. 
Mm-hmm. They're losing, you know, to to the to they're 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 like this year's version of the Chicago Bulls from a couple years ago, mm-hmm. where Chicago just beat all of the teams that were like below five hundred teams mm-hmm. and lost to the Bucks and the Seventy Sixers and the Celtics and you know the Clippers and all of those teams over and over and over and over again. That's who Dallas, at least in the very 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 early part of the season, that's who Dallas appears to be right now. And at some point, people are going to start looking at. Luka Doncic like the difference for me you 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 talked about holding Jason, Jason Kidd holding Luka accountable and the fact that he probably does and you Sarah question whether he's even like receptive to that like if he's if he's not receptive does it even matter mm-hmm. and to me like I don't think Jason Kidd is a good coach mm-hmm. so if if he is or isn't holding Luka Doncic accountable I don't think it matters mm-hmm. I know Mike Brown is a good coach. Mm-hmm. If yeah. Mike Brown went to Dallas That's today, what I'm saying like it would not be like he would be. He would be. Or, like, but if it was, then we have our answer, mm. right? Because I think there are people. If if Mike Brown went to Dallas today, and Luca was the exact same way, then we would obviously. That's a Luca problem, right? It's not a it's not a coaching problem, and I think there are people who already feel that way because there are obviously a lot of people in the league that feel a certain way about Rick Carlisle. And I think Jason Kidd has always been kind of like, I'm not really sure. Like, he might be, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is his third job. Mm-hmm. But I think people look at Jason Kidd and like, dude moves funny. So it, that, that always, like, sits in the back of people's mind when you talk about Jason Kidd. Yeah. I don't know whether Jason Kidd is a good coach or not. I just don't feel like what's in Dallas is working. Uh, and, and oh, look, it's clearly not. Also, to your point, too, like, I don't know if Luke is that type of player. I'm not sitting up here saying, oh, he the the Aaron's better or anything like that. I'm I'm not even saying who's better. I'm just looking at the way these guys play. The Aaron's willing to work on the defensive end. He's willing to get scrappy. Luca has never shown anything in his. He can be the greatest offensive player in the he world. He doesn't have the stamina that De'Aaron Fox has. I don't think he has the care yeah. either to like yeah. really work. Like he's like I score enough. I'm great enough on the offensive like, end. I feel like I the biggest difference of the Kings. You know post Mike Brown era and Mike Brown era is that they, if you allow them, they are going to out hustle you. Mm. They're just going to. And so if you allow them to do that, they're going to beat you. Mm-hmm. That's just that. And yeah. they, that's exactly what happened last night. Yeah. They out hustled the Mavs. Yep. So to the original tweet about the four, I got those four up top moving forward. It doesn't have to be this year, just mm-hmm. the way they're moving right now. They're moving to, for a new era. And you got Kings might not be there yet, but I know Minnesota's at top right yeah. right now this second. Yeah. And then you've got teams like the Mavericks, like Phoenix, who I don't I mean, Phoenix is kinda J. Cole middle child, right? Like KD not young, but but Devin Booker's twenty five, twenty six, something like that. Mm-hmm. He's still young. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. Who knows what happens with New Orleans. Wimby's lurking. You know, in in the, in the background. Mm-hmm. So there's other teams that could be part of it, but <laughs> he I ain't think in those the background. Four, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that boy ain't in the background. Well, he's not in the background. Yeah. His team Spurs might be. Yeah, yeah, that boy ain't in the background. So, but they're, those four, I think, I think they're they're ready to take on a new era. And and this can be something for a later date. Who knows if that's? I still, I'm I'm a little old school. I would like one of those big market teams to be around. I think that would help. I don't oh, yeah? know if you'd want. Oh, yeah? Which one? Okay. Lake Show. Oh, not the Warriors. Lake I'll tell Show. you that. <laughs> the Warriors. Oh, it could be the Clippers. It could be the it's Lakers. It's so funny. Like I feel like the Warriors aren't even looked at as a big market team. 
I know, right? Like they talk about them yeah. as if they're this poor <laughs> franchise that dug themselves out of the mud. Y'all are in San Francisco. Y'all got a combined market. San Francisco and Oakland don't even count as separate places right. in your world. That thing, that thing happens a lot. Like we said, it happens a lot. You know, looked at it as like the little engine that could. When <laughs> All right, man. All right, bro. Can't do that when you gentrified your franchise. <laughs> Oof. Don't do that. Hashtag Thrive City. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would want those four, and then I'll just say the Clippers or what? Phoenix to like be in that mix too. So you get that aspect. Yeah, the Lakers. I'm serious. The Lakers could be in there. That, that it's it's fun beating the city of Los Angeles. It was fun Wednesday going in there as the Kings oh, and beating the hell out of the Lakers. Sorry, Sarah. No, it's but. Open. I think you need a combination of both. You don't need all big wigs, you know, market-wise, and you don't need all small markets. Like, you need – that's what the NBA is good at. They're good at having a combination of both. The Clippers – what I like about the Clippers is that they just got, like, some L.A. kids playing on the team. You know, four guys who are from Southern California, L.A., really right there. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah they may and, have gone a little I, too far. <laughs> Maybe. They went overboard. It would nice to see them have a little bit of success because of that, being from Southern California, you know, is kind of like a cool story. Yeah. Like obviously, I'm a Lakers fan, so but we're never, you know, pressed by the Clippers anyways. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be kind of cool to see them play well just because of that storyline. Yeah. Clippers are 4-7. and seven. I wouldn't be pressed by them either. They won their <laughs> first game with James Harden in the lineup Ooh. the other day. Dude, he was so happy, too. I don't blame him. They should be. He was like, just wait be. and see. I sure just hope he. I sure hope he thanked Russell Westbrook. Yeah, shout out game. Russ. Shout out Russ. Yeah. Uh, we can't let you go before. Well, how do you feel your team performed? How do you feel like your Raiders performed yesterday? I thought the defense played really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really how it's been going. Um, I think Aiden O'Connell obviously needs a lot of work. Yeah, you know, he's a rookie. He made a lot of rookie mistakes. Three do you see it though? Like that he's but, good. Yeah. I see that he has a he has a really good arm. And I think that he can be good, but he's like way too stiff in the pocket. Like he he needs to learn how to like run the ball a little bit just to become more of like that dual threat. Mm. You know, because we all know mm. all he's gonna do is pass the ball. Like this kid isn't moving. Like he can't even use his legs to pick up a first down. He's slow. So it's like I think that they need to work on that, like you know whether or not he's a franchise quarterback. Like, ugh, like you know who he is if he can't learn to move. Jesse will pointed out he's mac jones yeah Ooh. no yeah and jesse was one of, like those quarterbacks are at least extreme. Derek carr mac jones be looking a mess though and that's something that no, i do like yeah, about yeah. he no he's <laughs> he looks bad that's that was something that like Derek carr like a lot of people put that on dc like oh he won't like move like he won't run the ball and then he, he got better at that so he i think he made some rookie mistakes some terrible ones i wanted to throw up but mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? But t- they were still in the game, though. That's where I'll yeah. give. Yeah. That's where I'll give well, Antonio the Pierce and that crew and, three and, takeaways, and, and the offense couldn't capitalize on it. Like you can't beat Miami like that. Like the only way for them to have a chance was to capitalize off of those turnovers mm-hmm. and to not be able to turn those turnovers into points. It's just I already knew what the deal was. Yeah. I already knew. They uh, Jesse, they, they had a they had tried. A I tried to have hope <laughs> so had, I could talk mess to you. They today, had a solid show. They played fine. They played fine. They had Defense a solid show. They, no, they they did. played better than yeah. I. Thought they the, were going into that game. I was watching yeah. the game after Devonte had the touchdown. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna get I me thought, hell." Yeah. Like I'm Sarah Hodges in the, in the chat. Yeah. 
I thought the, <laughs> the writers win this I thought our yeah, DBs were going to get cooked for sure, like embarrassing. But I think the mm-hmm. whole point is that you have to put pressure on Tua. And I was like, as long as we just like keep just pressuring Tua to and not give him a chance to like cock back and throw that thing, mm-hmm. like we may have a chance. I mean, I know that we're not going to, you know, be able to get after him every single play. But if we just did a good job at that, I felt like, you know, maybe we could win the game. But you know, they were the 13-and-a-half-point favorites, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Sunday's going to be, gonna be the game that's going to tell me a lot about the Raiders. Well, against I'm Kansas ex- City? Yeah, because I'm expecting the Raiders to have a good showing in that game against Kansas City yeah. and possibly beat the Chiefs. Same. I wouldn't really expect to know too much about this game, but Sunday's the one I'm looking at for them. Yeah, especially, you know, they're on the road. I mean, I know that really technically shouldn't matter, but it does. You know, they're in Miami. I, I thought that they played well. Mm-hmm. I- Aiden just obviously – he was the Achilles heel in that game. And, you know, you, you have to also keep in mind that he doesn't have his starting left tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, Colton Miller's still out. So, you know, we'll give him. They knew they would have these hiccups with him. Yeah, of course. When they, when they made the decision to go and with him, they knew they'd have these hiccups. Turb, like, made the point, like, well, see, like, it bothers me that they're not putting in Jimmy G. Like, And I'm like, bro, did you not watch Jimmy G on Monday against the Lions? Like, I see your point. Like you have a guy who's like maybe will give you a better chance in that moment. When Aiden doesn't perform in that moment, you're thinking that. But he did just win the last two games for us. You need to figure out if Aiden O'Connell is going to be under center exactly. for you next year. Exactly. Because you know Jimmy Garoppolo probably isn't. And win or lose, we have to figure that out. Because, right. I mean, at this point, are we even going to keep Devontae Adams? Mm. What's yeah. happening with that? Yeah. You know? So Sarah Hodges, CBS 13, uh, make sure you're tapped in. Uh, she joins us almost every Monday here on the show. We always love having you talking Kings basketball, a little Raiders football uh, as well. We'll get back into the Kings. We'll talk a little 49ers as well. Will Z going to join us in about 30 minutes. There's a game tonight. Mm-hmm. The Kings look to make it number seven uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll talk about that as well. Steve and KC brought to you by Sky River Casino here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. I was telling, I was telling Casey in the chatty house. First person shooters. That's that's first person shooter that's, mode. That's the Ooh. first record that's come out in a long, long time ago. I think this is one of my favorite records of all time. Mm. Like I love the song that much, mm. and that J Cole verse is just incredible. And I'm not saying that no, no, like Captain Drake. Though. Like Drake, Drake it kills is. it. <laughs> like those, those it, 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 It's like if uh, Drake dropped. 60 in that game, mm-hmm. but Cole dropped 81. Mm. Cole. Like that's crazy. that's yeah, like they I mean again, both 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 killed it, but I I <laughs> there was something about it. I I went I went out this weekend. I went to, not out. I went to do my I didn't go outside. Out. <laughs> Everybody knows I didn't go out. <laughs> I went to I went and just did my normal stuff and you know, one of the things I do is cryotherapy. It's 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 cold chamber. You pick a song, you're in there for 3 minutes or whatever and I picked first person shooter and I'm sitting in that chamber listening to this like, God, I love this song. Mm-hmm. We play that song every hour and 15 minutes on our other show. <laughs> but man, I'm not tired of hearing it yet. No, not at all. I love that track. Not at all. And so I, when the new one came out, it's like, oh, this is cool. Drake kills it. Yeah. Cole kills it. But there's something about like the sinister sound of that beat. That I'm just like, man, this it it doesn't even touch first person. A, a little, a little bit of that is like the moment, right? Like it was this super anticipated album, kept getting pushed back. Then 
you know, the surprise of hearing Drake and Cole, Drake and Cole on an album. Like, we thought they was going to have to start beefing in a second because they're going for that top spot or whatever. And then they got on a they, they got on a track together. Mm-hmm. And then the verse that Cole has, it's just – it's a it's a moment like yeah. it's a it's no, a it's moment legit. that that you're gonna remember in that that song, it's a great song on top of that, but it's a moment that you're gonna connect to that song for for a long time. I've never been hit with the Holy Spirit, but I think that's what it feels like the first time I heard that verse. <laughs> when you hear a dope hip hop verse, that's where it's like, "Whoa, uh, hey Ramsey, monitor the situation with Leezy closely." Leezy said Drake hit the game winner, though. If we've got to boot Leezy out of the chat to go think about his comments a little bit, just you know, just 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 keep an eye on Leezy. I th- I'm not sure he's would, doing okay. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Drake hit the game winner, but between the video and then the game, his, oh, the video his, is fire. His response, not response, but the, his appearance on the next yeah. time they were together, he he got back into the game. Yeah. He 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 cut the lead to he, to five. <laughs> He was down twenty. He cut the lead to five. <laughs> he's he, he's Kevin Herter after Mike Brown uh, threatened his playing time. That's that's that's, that's <laughs> Jay Cole is Mike Brown, and he, he threatened uh, Drake's playing time, and he came out like Kevin Herter did the last couple of games. Uh, we got our man Stephen here nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. Stephen, what's happening, baby? What's cracking, D-Long Casey? How y'all living? Hey man, what's going on with you, big dog? Hey, so first of all, I have, I've been plenty critical of Domas, you know, uh, with how he was playing like as of maybe a week, a week ago, and he's played amazingly great. You know, it's like you can't take anything away from him. But I do want to like you know um, just come from the angle of I think why he still is going to get like you know people be cautiously optimistic at best because at a certain point in your career, I think Paul George even went with this for a while. It be the narrative becomes, you know, what you do in a regular season, you've proven time and again that you're not that same guy in the playoffs. So it gets taken with a caveat, you know. So I think people will kind of hold that against him until he plays at the same level in a playoff series as he's playing in the uh, in the regular season, which is great. He's doing mm-hmm. an amazing job. And it was bad, but he, he really has showed out this past week. But I think that's always going to be held against him. Nah, you're 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 right. You know who it reminds me of? It's weird cross sport reference, but remember Lamar? How incredible Lamar was. He got beat up his first two playoff games mm-hmm. and it was pfft, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter till Lamar Jackson does it in the playoffs and then he did mm-hmm. and it it, it kind of deaded the noise. Lamar had an MVP and they were still a short change in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is which is it's 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 ridiculous to me. It, it really is ridiculous. I, I I'm agree. not saying you or Stephen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But it's ridiculous, and I and I do, I don't feel like they talk about Domas in the same vein as Paul George or even Lamar or any of these guys. Like they don't. Paul they, George probably far better of an example than using Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but they don't. They don't talk about. They don't talk about them the way they talk about Domas. There's still a level of respect with Paul George. Yeah, like he exactly. still gets the he's a top player. He stinks in the playoffs, but he still gets like that respect. Domas right. Domas does not get that respect at but all. Like to a certain degree, and I'm not saying that he's as good as this guy because he's one of the best two guards of all time, point guard, whatever you want to call him. James Harden is I think like on the path pantheon of NBA players, James Harden is higher than 
Domas Sabonis, mm-hmm. but they don't even talk about James Harden the way they talk about no, Domas. True. Like they show him a level of respect for his game, even though his playoff flame out flameouts have been legendary. Let, yeah, Domas didn't even have a playoff flameout. He just was a, like below his averages by a point or two. Mm-hmm. Same amount of rebounds, assists were down because nobody hit shots. So they they talk about Domas like he averaged. A f- uh, triple single in the playoffs. Who would average a triple single in the playoffs? Come on, man. That's just far-fetched, like, silliness. It's a Hall of Fame numbers, according to some people. Stop it. I'm looking at, first First of all, first of all, Paul George has played a lot of playoff games. Um, I'm trying to determine, you know, starting in 2013 when Indiana against the Knicks, Boy, it's really tough to say Paul George didn't play well in the playoffs. He just didn't win. Mm. Like you, you, you know what I mean. Like there's there is this tough series uh, against Portland. Oklahoma City loses in five. He scores five points in forty two minutes. Um. Oh no, that's wrong. He scored thirty six in that game. The the Dame waving shot. Yeah, he scored thirty six. He didn't play. He didn't play. He doesn't play bad in the playoffs. He just doesn't. He. I'll say this about Paul George. He doesn't do what James Harden does. No, James Harden disappears. And one of the frustrating things about James Harden is you could pull up James Harden's basketball reference and go, "Oh, it doesn't look that bad." But if you watch the game and got some of those points in context, mm-hmm. you'll know that it's just empty calories. Mm. He's he's score he's not scoring when his team desperately needs him to. He's scoring when they're down 15 and he's trying to make it look like he's doing something. Mm. And you'll look at the end and he'll have 36, but 8 of those came in the final 2 minutes when they were down 20 and none of them came when they were within 3. And that's what gets lost, I think, sometimes in, in, in James Harden's stats is you could look at the numbers and go, oh, the numbers aren't that bad. The games, the games are. PG's biggest issue, I think, is it's not even his fault because, like you said, he's not like the worst playoff performer of all time or anything mm-hmm. like that. His issue is that the cameras are on when he does like have those. Like he's not he's, – I don't think PG has like a playoff – I don't think he has moments. His right? biggest issue was he hit a game winner in a Gatorade commercial before he hit one in real life. Yeah. <laughs> One day be clipping that together, man. That's that's don't do my man like that, but that's hilarious. Ball game. <laughs> that's, that's tough. That's they did tough. that the other day when he hit that uh the little wedgie against the Nuggets. Oh yeah. <laughs> my favorite one was where they do it. It says ball game and then hits the side of the backboard in the bubble. So that, those were his two more. He had excuse me, he had a a rough series against Utah when he gave himself the playoff P moniker. Oh. And then that probably the bubble wasn't good for the strategy. Either. Those were the two times, like people. So, they don't, they so, don't bring up when he did what nobody else has ever done: took the Clippers to the conference finals without Kawhi Leonard. So you know, <laughs> we got to start judging Paul George a little bit differently in that bubble. And you know, I know Paul George has been pretty vocal about how he felt about the bubble and how he felt about himself, how he felt about the whole thing. When you have like teammates saying they just stopped caring. Mm. Like publicly saying that mm-hmm. you have to start, you have to stop questioning other people's performance. Mm-hmm. You have to start looking around, like, wait, y'all just quit? Y'all didn't care? Mm. Oh, okay, maybe I'm not because I don't, I don't think Paul George was one of those people. 
I don't. Think I do so not. I no matter so. what Paul George was going through in that series, I don't think it was that. No, it, it definitely wasn't that. In my opinion, it wasn't that. And our guy Aldrin, first of all, that was Kenny who said PG led uh, the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi. I'm not smoking anything. That's exactly what happened. Kawhi tore his ACL in Game Four of the second round series against the Jazz. Paul George went on to lead that team to win not only game five in Utah, but game six in L.A. to send him to the Western Conference Finals. What are you smoking on, my main man, Aldrin? I think he's answering me saying PG has no moments. Okay, well, never mind. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, they went to the Western Conference Finals. That's cool, I guess. (laughs) No, yeah, never mind. Never mind. I love, I love so much that Jesse just laid back and let you do that that whole spiel on Aldrin Jay before, before, before just going. Yeah, I don't think that's what he was talking about, Casey. Aldrin's my guy, anyway. Aldrin's my, you know, I love that he even referenced Jesse, like. Like, no, he's got Jesse and Casey confused. I was going to let my boy finish. I was no, going to clean it good. up at no, the end. No, I'm so glad you did. It made it so much better that you let him finish. That was the answering part. the point. Like, it's... PG's got one moment. Cool. It's the outlier now. Oh, man. That, but, oh, but PG, man. he did that. He did that, man. You know, this whole discussion we talked about, um, we, I said they acted like Domas averaged a triple single. Yeah. in the playoffs, uh-huh. and uh, when he really didn't, he said, well, who would do that? And we obviously know who would do that. So I was just like, I just got curious. I wanted to to look at the basketball reference. This man averages a triple single for his career. I know. Yeah, his entire Eight, career. seven, and five? Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me he's a surefire Hall of Famer? And they always bring up, well, what about Dennis Rodman? I bring up Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman averaged 13 rebounds a game. 13 rebounds a game, eight-time all-defense. They are not the same. No, they're not. And and Dennis, nobody ever, ever in their right mind would ever think about Dennis as being some type of score. He was the, That's the last thing on earth he ever was was a score. He averaged seven points a game. Mm. <laughs> One fewer than this guy. Crazy. DeMontis Sabonis right now around up a little bit. 21, 13, and 7. I wonder if that 20 now gets people's attention. Now that he's above 20. Because I think it, it was yesterday. Different. I think yesterday's different. game put him above 20. Yeah. Because I think it was like 19.8. Yeah. As silly as that sounds, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think there's anything that's going to change. I mean, there's too many takes Man. out there that got to be right. Wow. And there's also there's also wow. so many people who just listen to other people. They're like they don't, oh, they don't 100%. watch themselves. They just hear uh a Kevin O'Connor say he was terrible in the playoffs and they'll be mm-hmm. like, Yeah, he was terrible in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They, don't even, they don't even know like the context of it, like if he was actually terrible. Like I said, I think the man averaged like sixteen, eleven, and four or five assists in the playoffs. But they hear Kevin O'Connor he was terrible in the playoffs. All right. Well, the thing is, too, it was just one series with the like this new team getting into the first round or whatever. Like Sabonis hasn't even had a chance to match it, and I feel like people are being disingenuous too when you talk about Sabonis. Literally, the moment he got here, it was a switch. Like the Kings yep. flipped the switch; it was completely different. All right, so say what you want about Sabonis and playoffs and all that, but if he's not here, like none of this is happening. Facts. 
I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. But did you see our girl Jill cook that Canada dude? Oh, that Josh rider? Ellerby? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it. That guy, he'd be having some terrible it, basketball takes. Just horrible. And I don't even remember who he was tweeting about. Jill tweets a lot. I'm trying to find the tweet, and I just – I'm not even to an hour ago, and I've been scroll. <laughs> I've been scrolling for a minute. Like Jill owns Twitter, um, but he he tweeted something like so and so is way too good of a player to have like so many like negative things. Oh, said about he was him. talking about uh, Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. That's that's, that's exactly who it was. I saw that tweet. I didn't and, see what Jill said. But. And Jill responded with, "Yeah, Demontis Sabonis is way too good of a player." Right. For and and his, his for, no disrespect to him, but you're gonna cape for Evan Mobley would be super critical of Demonte Sabonis. And and this jackass responds with, "Oh, I don't see how complimenting one player uh, uh, means you got to be critical of another." But I see you've got a brand to rep, so go ahead and do your thing. Hey man, hey, do we have to jump this dude? Hey, in the chat, hey. I, on Twitter, not in real life. We got we got to no. jump this dude. No, there's, there's, <laughs> we got to jump this dude. There's one person you don't cross. Hey, we know who that is. We don't play, man. We don't play about that. <laughs> NBA media, the biggest know-it-alls in all of sports, bro. Like seriously, let's keep it a buck. Like I can't, I can't stand them, bro. <laughs> it's the biggest. I'm right or whatever because of this, this, and that, and it's so annoying. I love, I love Kevin Fippen's new bit too. Of oh, saying, he killed that. Uh, yeah. uh, of saying I, 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 nobody's saying it, but I think the the Pacers traded for the wrong guard. <laughs> Which is a which is just a grab from someone else's tweet about Tyrese. Yeah. Oh, yep. so good. Yeah, he killed that. So good. And then like the guy tweeted that after like two games for Tyrese, where he was like fifty eight points, thirty assists, no turnovers, something like that. And like De'Aaron's last two games is like seventy three points, sixteen rebounds. 18 assists and like it's, it's something crazy and Kev put that back up there. Like it was dope. Josh Josh is the same Hold one. Up. I think we talked about this Yo. on the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just made me look at something. What's that? 73. Uh, I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm going to bore everybody if I try to do the math quick enough. 73 points, 15 assists, one turnover yeah, in the yeah, last yeah, two yeah. games. Yeah, one turnover. And it was One Friday. Time. He didn't turn the ball over yesterday. <laughs> That's what crazy, man. He's crazy. He, De'Aaron is going nuts right now. But I think Josh is the same guy who tweeted something last week that I had to talk about where he was doing Tyrese and Fox again. And he was like, last year, uh, terrible trade for the Kings. After the Kings show that they're winning, maybe a win-win. Now seeing Tyrese again, clearly a mistake. Like he was like, acting like it was like uh, people going back and forth with their opinions, but it was really just less dramatic reactions to their original thought <laughs> of like they got fleeced or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when he, he said the whole thing about and Tyrese, a guy who wanted to be in Sacramento. Like, shut your ass up. The boxes. Yeah. Have been committed to this city from day one. Stop playing. Well, and 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 I'm not de- I'm not going to defend anybody in that regard. But let's not forget where that started. Him it started with Tyrese. Yeah, it started with Tyrese. It started Tyrese d- during during Ty- Tyrese was flirting with a heel turn. 
for weeks. Didn't didn't make it. He picked up the chair and he and he and he kind of he kind of cocked it back and the the crowd was crowd was almost screaming no Tyrese no and it's one of those things where he he looks at the crowd and no you know you know who he, he was. put the chair down he was uh he didn't Jay do that with Sammy when Roman tried to make him hit him yeah with the chair. yeah yeah that was it he picked it up and he, no. Can't do it. So that much was, better when you compare it to wrestling. That was Ty. That was Ty at the beginning of that trade. He said he was the only one who wanted to be here. Tyree slammed the chair down he, and rolled out of the yep, ring. Yep, that's that's facts. That's why we still rock with Ty. He slammed the chair down and he left the ring. <laughs> Baby face stature still intact. Yeah, he was he was he was on the ropes. Yeah, he was he, he was, was right trying, there. Yeah. He was main right main there. event Ty. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But but we love Tyrese Halliburton. But like you're right, he did start that. <laughs> Jeremiah, he did the John Cena at WrestleMania 30 against Bray. <laughs> he was gonna do it. Bray, Bray said, "Come on." Sacramento was like, "Come on, Tyrese, do it, do it." <laughs> Tyrese said, "Nope, nope. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not doing it." Yeah, man. So it, it. yeah, Josh Ellerby, Josh will be sound like a clown. Like the rest of these fools, man. Hey. And they be talking crazy about Domas. That's where we got into all this. They be talking crazy about Domas, man. Like, like dude's not not averaging 20, what'd you say, 20 and 12 or something mm-hmm. like that? 20, 12 and 7 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Guy's top 10 in the league in assists. It's, it's 20.8 to be fair. So another game last night, his score is going to go, his average is going to go above 21. He's at 12.9 rebounds a game mm. uh, and 7.2 assists. That makes me want to. Look up something really quick. These dudes like honestly don't like basketball. And they talk in narratives, which is just insane. They like you don't. They don't talk like they don't talk hoops. They don't talk basketball. They talk in narratives. Right. Like, yes, he's doing this, but they played this team. Or yes, he's doing this, but playoffs. Domas is behind one person as the league leader in rebounds. Uh, who's the one person? I don't know. Pretty know. easy. Jokic. Yep. Mm. Domas. Is behind one person in passes per game. And he's above another. He's behind Jokic. He's above the assist leader, <laughs> who's Tyrese Halliburton. Goodness gracious. Y'all love numbers, but you don't want to actually look at them. <laughs> crazy. It's a narratives game now. It's crazy. It. And when they try to trash Fox in the Tyrese comp, They'll bring up his six assists per game, not realizing Ty don't have another six, seven, eight assists per game guy. Mm-mm. De'Aaron got a seven assists per game guy on his mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. In fact, he damn near has two of them. Ty- he's got Domas, and then he's got his boy from Kentucky off the yep. bench who's yep. got to be at like five or six assists per game right now. Tyrese. Which I will look up. With all due respect to him, is almost like – like I don't – I I, I – Hesitate always saying these things because you still have to be an NBA player and like an elite NBA player and get these things done. Like, I, I'm not sneezing at it when I say this, but it's almost like what happens with Luca sometimes. You've got the ball all the time, you make all the decisions. Yes, you're going to score and get the assists. Like, all the time. Same thing that used to happen with James Harden when he was in Houston. Like, you have the ball. Every single time that what they I I never really understand the stat and like how they get there, but it's the usage rated thing. Like mm-hmm. 
You have the ball all the time. Absolutely, you're going to get all the stats for sure. And, and you're good on top of that. Like, you're you're a hell of a ball player. But the stats, when I know, like, I'd love to see who's the second leading player in assist on the Pacers. Nobody else wants to even pass the ball on that team outside of Tyrese. <laughs> They're all trying yes, to shoot. Facts, facts, right. right. So, like, yeah, you're going to get those those numbers when you're that good and you have the ball every single time down the court. I'm looking up. I, I don't. I got to be honest. Usage rate has never been something I. Yeah, I don't. Really it's not understand. a go-to for me. I don't even see like Ty. Ty's name is nowhere near this. Uh, Joel's is at the top. Giannis is close. Luca, Shea, Jokic. It goes for their assists. It goes. Uh, Tyrese at eleven point six. Then Nimhart. At four, you made that name up. <laughs> Andrew Nimhart actually could play, and uh, T.J. McConnell at three point five. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Will Z joins us. Forty uh, ers did play last night. We'll, we'll talk yeah, more man. Kings basketball. And hey, uh, we talk about the belt and all that other stuff. And somebody coming after the belt. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. Yeah, about not that. in my league. I've taken I've taken that title hey, off of hey, the street. Quit. I, you keep uh, Domas Sabonis no, in this no. guy if you want to. <laughs> Who? We'll talk about it. Yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it. I feel. All right, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Steel and Casey on ESPN thirteen twenty. Radio right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, we're live. Will Will Z? Do you like Ryan Garcia? I like Ryan more than Jesse does. Ryan's okay. I much like Damian will agree with anything you say about boxing. Yeah, there it is. That's it. That's it. Uh, happy to have our man Will Z in with us. WillZStats.com. We'll talk a little bit about uh, tonight's game. Actually, it's a, it's one of those tough preview weeks for for uh, for our man Will Z as the Kings play the same team uh, tonight uh, and then again on Wednesday. Uh, Will, what stands out the most over these last two games? Any any particular number after the besides to what's the number seventy three? Uh, from De'Aaron Fox in the last two games, anything really stand out? It's just amazing what him and Sabonis are doing. And it's the duality of the two of them and just what they're doing together. It really is. There's like too much good stuff happening where we can't focus on it all. Mm. And like Duarte had a great game last night. And I think, again, like Barnes played pretty well. But the storyline of Fox and Sabonis is so massive that it's just they've taken over everything Mm. and it's just been so fun to watch the two of them do so much on the court and really become one of those top prominent duos in the nba yeah yeah i just want to know like the things that we're seeing from them the things that Mm -hmm. we're seeing from the kings in general on the offensive end from your numbers perspective is there anything that's like yeah, this isn't sustainable. Like, this isn't – I can't see them continuing to do this all year long because this number is just so crazy high. I ask that because I don't see that yeah, when the puppy, I watch Yeah, the puppy thought the question was ridiculous, by <laughs> the way. It was like, yeah. this is crazy. I don't see that. They're not hitting a ridiculous amount of three-pointers in a game. They're not – like, it just seems like they're just executing what they want to do at a reasonable high but high level. Yep. 
And it's definitely like you look at their three point shooting, they're still at 20th in the league at 35.3%. Um, still, again, with that high volume, but it's not like they're riding a hot streak of everyone hitting their shots to these wins. You look at uh, some other things free throw percentage, they're at 73%. That's 27th. Um, there's a lot of things that they could be doing better. And I wrote an article over the weekend on Darren Fox and how his like superpower hasn't even been unleashed this year. And to me, that's finishing at the rim. So to get into that a little, Darren Fox last year was like the best, especially guard finisher at the rim in the league. And it's not even close. He shot uh, 70, 76.5% in the restricted area, which was, I think, tied for 15th in the league. This year, he's shooting 54.8%. So he's not really finishing at the rim. It's the three-point shooting that's kind of propped him up and gotten him to that 31, 32-point range. But you see, we saw it last night. He had a few that normally... Those just go in. I think the and one opportunity that kind of went around the rim and fell out. He's not quite dialed in inside yet. And this is no like shade on him. Like he has to be better with that or anything. It's like you were saying, Kenny, he's been so good and he's not even excelling in his best strength, mm. which is just mind blowing to me. I don't know. All I heard was Will say that uh, De'Aaron's going to win the MVP once yeah, he unlocks the same thing. power. He's going to he's going to yep. win the MVP. Heard the same thing. Um, you tweeted my favorite stat last night: the thirty plus uh, assist, which mm-hmm. is you know the, the the Kings being six and zero in those games. And I don't know what I like more: the fact that they've had thirty plus assists in half of their games played this year, or yep. the fact that they're undefeated uh, when they have thirty plus assists. But if nothing else, it means the ball move is moving and the shot is dropping. Yeah, and they do such a good job passing. Uh, earlier on in the season, we were, I was talking about how they were like leading the league in passing and potential assists, or like top three at least in both. But they were like 17th in assists. So that number was bound to go up. They were always generating those good looks, painting those wide open threes that we love to talk about. Just now they're finally going in, and you see that, again, it's not rocket science. When the shots go in, you're going to win more games than you're not, but it's the consistency in which they're doing it. Like, 30 assists doesn't even feel like a high number for them anymore. Uh, They're still at – they're up to fifth in the league at 28.1 per night, and that, again, that 28 feels low. So it's – they get so many good looks. It's not just three-pointers, the two-point cutting shots. Their assists are used in such a variety of different ways that they're so consistently getting so many good shots. Man. I, I just I just saw this. Can I share this with, yeah, with everyone? Because Will's here. He'll, he'll appreciate this. If, if I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you haven't seen this. There's three players in the league right now averaging 20, 10, and 5. Is Luca one of them? No. Wow. Uh, Jokic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis. No. The last two MVPs, 
in Domas. Wow. Wow. It's ridiculous. Jokic, Joel, and DeMontis Sabonis. Wow. 20 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, five assists per game, plus for all all, all three of those guys. Mm. I'm surprised that Embiid's over five assists. That's kind of interesting. I guess with Harden there, not there anymore. There's some more assists. Yeah, he's throwing the ball to Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> yeah. Strategy. Back. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, man. Like I don't, I don't know who uh, Stat Mamba. This sounds like a Willsey knockoff, if you ask me. But <laughs> shout out Stat Mamba. Build, 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 build your brand. Um, maybe you can explain why Domas gets disrespected the way that he does. I like your theory. I think it's the scoring that he just doesn't have that like high volume scoring that people love. It's he does it with percentages. Like that's why anytime you see a tweet with like the 25 and 10 or whatever, if you throw in percentages, it usually knocks a lot of people out um, and Domas stays in. I think that he does it with efficiency and people don't care about efficiency. They care about that high number. If you can get 32 on 40% shooting people like that, then 22 on, 60% shooting. Mm. So wild. Yeah, it, it is wild. I Like I said, Jesse alluded to a little bit. Look, I love NBA Twitter. I love – I think that's what helps make the mm-hmm. uh, league what it is, all the chatter that goes on every night from the league from so many different people. Um, but uh, some of it is is kind of ridiculous. Like, it's it's really silly. Like, there was somebody today that I some, – some basketball lady, she's like, I don't care if Domas averages – a 30-point triple-double for the season. Mm-hmm. After that playoff performance, uh, I can never take him seriously. Like, I'm doing too much. That's how That's how yeah. I know that you guys just really talking. Y'all potting. Because, like, you're talking about that playoff performance. Like, he was the worst player of all time. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I wish people would, like, be able to have reasonable basketball conversations and takes. Like, I'll tell you, like, he played below his average. I I expect him to play better. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well in that series. He's got to be better next time they're in the playoffs. And that's that. That's not an indictment on who he is as a player, if he's good or not, or anything else like that. He just had he had a below average series. All right, move on. He's playing on a, at a top rate right now with what he's doing this year. And again, that doesn't take into account that uh, Anthony Davis, or not Anthony Davis, I'm trying to find Anthony Davis stats, that Kevon Looney is like a perfect defensive matchup to go against Sabonis. Mm. Like people just want to forget about that mm. and put it all on Sabonis. It's, mm. You can't base a whole season's worth, like a whole upcoming season off of one playoff appearance. You just can't. It you want to validate so much. <laughs> there, there's you a lot of national reporters doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me change my wording. You, you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about tonight's game. Um, yeah. Pelicans don't necessarily have a stellar record, but there's probably a handful of reasons to be concerned with them tonight. Will the Pelicans are weird. It's like, there's so many question marks in their roster. And it's like, I went through all the stats and it's like, they're so average at so many things that nothing really stands out and that's good or bad they're just kind of hovering in that 15 to 25 range of everything which is a very odd place to be Um, i did find some things though looking at i mean ingram 
in Zion. There's always going to be question marks, I think, unless they really start getting rolling of can they play together. Hmm. I just I don't know. I don't know if they have the three-point shooting to to make it work, especially with Valanchunas as another front court option. I know Ingram, he shot 39% from last from three last year, but he's only at 22.9% this year. And Zion, Zion's only taken two threes, so he's not going to be shooting threes at all. Mm. And they're just confusing, and it doesn't feel like they can mesh. But who knows? They got a lot of random guys uh, on, on their team. I was watching... <laughs> I was watching that game on Saturday with them and the Timberwolves as I was in line for um, for Bowser's World or whatever it was. Watched damn near the whole second half well, in line. Well, it's crazy. Beauty of amusement parks. It's craziness. Um, but I was watching that game. I was like, man, they just got a lot of random, random guys out there. They got Dyson Daniels was playing. Um, uh, what's, what's my Herb Jones kind of is in there mm-hmm. doing his thing, but yeah. like these guys that a lot of people, and I, I'm not saying it's a disparaging, they're cool or whatever, but a lot of people kind of hype up, but they're not really like, they're fine. yeah, they're just kind of mm-hmm. random players mm-hmm. that come or go on different nights. Like if you catch them on a night when they're cooking, Pelicans look phenomenal. They got all these guys, six, seven, six, eight, that can defend and shoot threes. You catch them on a night where they can't throw it in the ocean, they can't throw it in the, in the bayou, oh, then, you know, they look awful. Mm-hmm. So, it's really a, a, a coin flip on what type of Pelicans team shows up from night to night, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think they have the like diverse offensive skill set that we see the Kings do so well of. I think a lot of the Pelicans players are more specialty players. Like Jones, he's great on defense. I don't know if he can give you enough on offense throughout the course of a season. But that's where CJ being out hurts them so much. I think that he is still such an underrated player, and he provides scoring for that team in a different way that they just can't really make up for without him. CJ McCollum probably has the strangest wording to an injury in history. I believe they said he suffered a small lung collapse. Oh, my God. How the hell does that work? Man, a look. small lung collapse versus like how is a small lung collapse different than your lung collapsing? Well, here's the other. It didn't fall as far. Here's the here's the crazy part about that. Isn't this his second lung issue? Oh, is it? Yeah, last year he had something. Oh, that's lung. right. Yeah, and I I thought it was like the same situation. I don't remember if it was a collapsed lung. I just remember Maybe seeing the wording a, uh, to that. And I know he had fun because some they some news site used the picture, uh-huh. and he was like holding, he was doing like this. He had his hand <laughs> oh, on his man. chest, and he was like, "That is a crazy uh, picture to use for this story." And he like he had a laugh at it. Um, it was it was it a I don't forgive me if I'm like way off, but was it like a punctured lung or some, something with his lung collapsed lung in 2021 when he was on the Blazers. And what was he this suffered one? two a collapse yeah, that's what a I small. A small collapsed lung. Jeez. That's crazy. Hey, did well, hey, so yeah, well. yeah, for yeah. real. Uh, anything else we need to look out for for tonight? It, it I, I know you posted something earlier, not just tonight, but Wednesday too. Uh, I know you posted something earlier about about Zion, and you know, to no surprise of anyone, like Zion, Zion has a home on an NBA basketball mm-hmm. floor. 
Yeah, and it is at the rim. Like he has taken 166 field goals this season. 162 of them have come in the paint. And if you break that down, 103 of them are in the restricted area. 59 per, 59 of them are in the the uh, floater area. Mm. And he, it's probably, like we all know, the floater area is not that far from the rim. But he's shooting 66% in the restricted area and 30.5% in the floater area. Mm. So a 30% drop off just by a few feet. It's like, can you just keep him away from the rim a little? And he's not a good free throw shooter. So if he goes up, foul him, foul him hard. He's Mm -hmm. strong. Don't let him get an and one. Mm -hmm. And he's the kind of offensive player who he doesn't really scare me. And now that I say that, he's probably going to go drop 40 on us. Yeah, he didn't mean that, Zion. He He didn't mean that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) He's frightened of you, Zion. He didn't mean that. But it's just that he's so one-dimensional. Um, and that's a big thing for me when I look at numbers is like, can you score in multiple ways? And I, I don't know if he can. Another thing to look for is um, the Pelicans give up a ton of threes, 39.3. That's second most in the league, but they're holding their opponents to 32.3%. That's second lowest in the league. I haven't watched enough Pelicans games to know if that's luck or defensive ability defending the three. Um, so it's just something to keep an eye on. It's kind of an odd, odd stat that works out in their favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I take that. Give, yeah. give the yeah, Kings, yeah. you know, you know yeah. how I love the wide open threes. Give yeah. the Kings as many wide open threes as possible with the way mm-hmm. Fox is shooting, the way Malik is shooting. Uh, it seems like Duarte might have found his his stroke yesterday. Keegan, all these, please, please mm-hmm. keep doing it. Yeah. Hey, Will, man, have a great holiday, man. We appreciate you. I know we won't get to talk to you Wednesday, uh, so we'll just rerun this conversation ahead of the second (laughs) Pelicans game uh, on Wednesday, man. So uh, appreciate you and all you do for us, and and, and we'll see you after the holiday. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Appreciate it, Will. That's our man, Will Z, right there. Uh, James Hamm going to join us at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the Kings in New Orleans coming up here. In just a few minutes, but the day has kind of gotten away from us. Show some love to your boys. Come on, man. The San Francisco 49ers get a win against the Bucks yesterday, 27-14, 7-3 on the season. Feels like all is right with the with the 49ers again. Handle business, you know. Uh, Came at a cost, though. Did come at a cost, man. Talanoa Fonga, man, out for the season. That's yeah, tough. With an ACL tear. Yep. Um, Brutal. That Brutal. was tough. Fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, all pro. Just, yeah. You know, this guy is one of the best uh safeties in the game right now. And, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna miss him. You know, our mm-hmm. guy Rich 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 Heinz was asking, Hey, you know, can can Jair Brown um fill in his shoes? It'll Frantically be... asking. <laughs> Frantically Very asking. concerned. As he is every Monday <laughs> following a 49ers game. Now, I would say it, it would be disrespectful of me to say, oh, no, they won't miss a beat, mm. you know, and to, to think that might be the case. That might actually happen. I don't know. But without seeing any type of game or anything else like that, to be like, oh, no, Jair Brown, people loved him in training camp. He was phenomenal. They won't miss a beat. That would be disrespectful to, how, uh, to Ufanga. So I won't go that far, but Brown made some plays yesterday, some big-time plays mm-hmm. in that secondary the off the top of my head, this is this is just a thought. I have nothing to prove it off of. Just the feeling of seeing these guys every now and then, and, and seeing the way they've played and executed. 
I feel like the Niners might get better in coverage, slightly better because Ufanga can cover too. But it feels like Jared Brown is like a a, a former cornerback who was converted to safety. Mm. I don't. Once again, I don't know any of this to be true. I'm just looking at the way, the way he, plays he plays and and, and you know his track record and thinking that could be the case. So he may be a little better in coverage, but they're not going to have as as stout help against the run and tackling in the open field as Ufanga gave you. So we'll see how that plays out for this team. But losing Ufanga is not okay. Yeah, certainly tough uh, for San Francisco. And it's not just, you know, the the the, the plays on the field. Like this, this dude is a, a, a bundle of energy, as I mentioned. He's a fan favorite because of how hard he has played. Uh, really not just this year, really over the last couple yeah, of years. Absolutely. Uh, he, is, he is an absolute fan favorite. So the 49ers losing him, uh, brutal. Absolutely brutal, and you 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 wish the best for him, but you got to feel good, uh, you know. With you know this, it's it's football injuries come along with this, mm-hmm. but if you want to remain optimistic about where you're going forward, man, Brock Purdy had a near perfect game Oof. yesterday, uh, with three touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and only a handful of incompletions. Man, he looked sharp. Well, this is this is one of the things I was talking about before the break. I mean, Brock Purdy. And like I said, maybe it's one of those things like we talk about MVP discussion. Uh, yeah, you can discuss it. He's not actually going to win it. Rock Purdy should be in discussion for at least my belt, the KCC. Mm. I mean, this guy, this guy is killing. Isn't this like the fourth game we've had of Rock Purdy where it's like, damn, he was damn near perfect. Yeah, he's had a couple. So why can't – I'm not saying you saying he can or even you, Damon, but what, like, why can't he win MVP? Because I feel like his numbers, they're all near the top of the NFL as far as quarterbacks. I, like, he's up there. I think he can. Yeah, there's no reason after he la- can't. After yesterday, before, last oh, week, I, I got was you. saying that. I was saying, like, I don't think they'd give it to him. After just another performance like that, and you talk about if he's able to do that twice against Seattle, beat Philly, and the numbers stay, I think James had mentioned on the Insiders, I was thinking about it myself. He's on pace for, like, 4,500 yards, 30-plus yeah, touchdowns, yeah. less than 10 interceptions. Yep. If he do does that and they're the number one seed mm-hmm. – Hell yeah. It's an MVP caliber season. So sticking with that still, like, how come he wasn't then, like, even leading up to this game? Because his numbers, like, weren't – like, he didn't have bad – like, his numbers have been near the top. Yeah, I think there's a lot of DeMontis Sabonis vibes. People mm-hmm. don't people don't believe in him. Like, for a different reason, mm-hmm. obviously. But I just don't think people buy it. Mm-hmm. People in, – in, in DeMontis Sabonis' case, it's this alleged playoff failure that he had. In Brock Purdy's case, it's Kyle Shanahan who gets the MVP. Kyle Shanahan is his weapons around mm-hmm. him. And yeah, and, and, like, yeah. Like, now quarterbacks are – like, how many times did Patrick Mahomes get punished for having the most dynamic wide receiver perhaps in the history of the NFL on his team? <laughs> Along with the most dynamic and maybe best tight end in the history of the game on right. the team as well. It, it, ever? And, and I'm sorry, does Andy Reid suck? <laughs> right. No, Patrick, we, we, like, people like to pick and choose. And you know what it is. We talk about this in the NBA all the time. It's the not knowing. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy came out of nowhere. And everyone was confused by it, mm-hmm. so they've got to come up with these stories and these narratives that they share. It's, it's, it's as Jesse said this earlier. It's a narrative-based business. There's no reason Brock Purdy can't be MVP. There's no reason Brock Purdy can't have the the the, the strap, the KCC title. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's there isn't. There's there's literally none. Yeah, absolutely none. Just like there's no reason C.J. Stroud can't be in the MVP conversation. For sure. Like that's For a sure. Another win yesterday. Right 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's why he has my belt, like I said on Friday. Wow. Before y'all tried to jack Tunney this thing and send it the into belt, a tournament. The belt is up for Your grabs belt tonight. is up for grabs tonight and because I think, you and won't I think, put it around look, the waist of Patrick Mahomes. Look, I think, or you I won't think, put it around the waist of Brock Purdy. I think Brock got uh, money in the bank. <laughs> my. <laughs> Brock might have money in the How bank. How far he's, is Philly? He's ready. It's two weeks away. Oh, boy. He might have that money in the bank. Why? In, in my elimination chambers, Tua survived so far, so we'll see what happens tonight. Oh, he hasn't wow. been pinned yet. He hasn't been wow. pinned yet. Wow, Tua survived the elimination Hasn't chamber. been pinned yet. <laughs> he, he came in, too. He was number one. He was number okay. one. He was out there first. He hasn't been pinned yet. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, Brock, Brock is like, I don't going to put a whole number on it or whatever. He's, he's an upper echelon quarterback in this league. Absolutely. He's an upper. This Absolutely. is who he is. This yep. isn't, oh, he's just playing well or anything. The Niners, somehow, some way, they got one. They got one. Brock is is that type of quarterback. This is crazy to see. Crazy. He's completing 70% of his passes also. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like he's hitting the passes. Yeah. And any metric that you want to put out there, he's, he's one there. of the top quarterbacks in yep. the game. He is legit. And one of the things that I also think about, somebody said a long time ago, um, when thinking about like how a team feels about uh, – a quarterback or anything else like that. He said, the coach will tell you in his play calls. Like, we, because the whole argument back then was Alex Smith, like, do the 49ers believe in Alex Smith? Do they believe they can win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith or whatever? He's like, just look at the play calls. If they're running every time on first and second down, mm-hmm. and if it's third and eight and they're running little screen, tunnel screens or a draw, that they don't believe in them. They just don't want him to mess it up. And if you look at the way Kyle Shanahan calls plays for Rock Purdy, a lot of the time yesterday, first and second down, drop back, empty backfield, do your thing, Brock. This is because he believes in him. He believes in what he's shown leading up to this, shown in practices and all this other stuff. He says, you know, Brock is that dude. He tells you with his play calling that he believes Brock is that dude. So they're, they're – yeah, they're, 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 they're back on track for what they're trying to do. And I came up with something yesterday. I know James Ham coming at 3 o'clock. Uh, we got to get back into the Kings for sure. But when we come back, can I tell you a little, a little something that stuck out like a sore thumb to me that I, w- I don't know how to play this. Actually, I do know how to play this, but I don't know how to play this. Sore thumbs really stick out too. Like if you were walking by somebody with a sore thumb, you know. Well, NFL Network thought uh, Joe Burrow had a sore thumb. Well, <laughs> they're like, look at his hand, well, swollen. Look at it. No, it was his wrist, sir. Uh, okay, yeah, I wanna, I wanna hear that. I do. I, I wanna mention this. Um, there's QBR and there's quarterback passer rating. Why they're different, I don't know, but they are. Quarterback passer rating, which is what the broadcasters were making a big deal of yesterday. Uh, talking about he's perfect. He's got a perfect quarterback passer rating. Although that this year he's had uh, six games in three-digit territory, which is <laughs> high level. They've only played ten. Right. <laughs> which mean, which you could put the rest of this together. Yeah. In the four they didn't, they've won one. In the four that he didn't, they've won one. And he had a 93 against the Rams. Damn. The other three were disasters. He actually, actually, one of those, uh, one of those was the Cincinnati one. Actually, wasn't a disaster rating. That, well, and I but, know we got to go, but the crazy yeah. thing about that is, I thought his only bad game of the year was Cleveland. The other two games were in Cleveland, gave up, and Cleveland was a big reason why that was yeah. a bad game. 
in the other two games where he lost and he threw interceptions. I thought he played well in those games. So for context, his lowest quarterback rating except for the Cleveland game was against Minnesota. It was 81.5. The Cleveland game, 55.3. We'll come back. Um, James Hammond at the top of the hour. Uh, Stephen McCasey. Something sneaky. ESPN 1320. I know, I know you got something, and I and I you gotta you, you gotta you gotta share the the, the, the tease on the forty nine. Yeah, yeah, good. I just this this popped up from Bleacher Report, and I had to. Uh-oh. For I know, I know, I know. <laughs> As James Ham says, friends don't let friends read Bleacher no, it's, Report. It's good. I, see, I'm it's, I'm all I'm all for it though. It's I'm caught my attention. It. Yeah. The push notification from Bleacher Report said, Kings need help offensively. And I thought, all right, it worked. Oh, you got me. Yeah. I'm going to click it. Sometimes it happens like I'm, that. I'm, they, I'm they going to you. click. While the Kings rank fourth in the NBA in assists per game, this number could actually be much higher if Sacramento was even an average shooting team off the catch. The Kings rank dead last in catch-and-shoot effective field goal percentage and three-point percentage, even with players like Kevin Herter and... Harrison Barnes on the roster. This guy's talking about. There's enough ball handlers and playmakers with De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, and Malik Monk. Although the reserve core could use one more dead-eye shooter who can space the floor and get a shot up quickly. Sacramento doesn't need to make any earth-shattering moves at the deadline, yet it should be on the lookout for a low-cost sniper should one become available. Mm, mm. Mm. Who wrote I this? don't know. I be- his name is Greg something. We're coming for you, Greg. <laughs> I-, I don't know. You you know who might fit that spot perfectly? Trey Lyles. <laughs> it sure feels like if the Kings could land a guy like Trey Lyles, he could help with this. Also feels like we're doing a bit much here with the Kings averaging like what? What is it? One twenty six, one twenty seven with Fox. Right. This is where analytics make you an idiot. Well, you said it best. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't wait. I had to, I had to share that with the world. <laughs> and as David Jackson says, Shavano, come on home. Need a flamethrower. Impact 316 calls it what it is. <laughs> Stat hoeing. I mean, All right. you you talked about it, Jesse. Goofy. Even watch uh, not just the Kings. Do they watch any basketball at this point? Like are they are they Watching any basketball, they just reading box scores, reading other people's tweets, and then putting stuff out. Everyone, everyone—not everyone, obviously—but NBA media, like everyone, is the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Everyone's got a stat that's gonna like I I I could find any stat in the world to back up whatever narrative I want to push. Yeah, that's honestly what it that's is. For, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a hundred percent true. Facts. All these guys 100% think true because they got access to whatever. Like I don't know. Crazy. Bro football focus told me that like now Jimmy you, Garoppolo is really an extraordinary quarterback. Now now you buy all twenty two and you're an NFL analyst. Oh my god, that all twenty two <laughs> boy. That all twenty two. Um James is gonna join us in a few minutes. What what, what did you have before the break? So hmm. I was thinking about some things, looking at the uh the standings. For the NFC, playoffs, seedings, all that other stuff. 
I said this last year, and I, I just I don't really know how I feel about it, what I want to do, like how I'm looking at it or whatever. And I also don't want to I want to be careful with this because when you hear it, it's going to sound very one horse ish. I think the two or the three seed in the NFC is the sweet spot. Preferably the two. Oh, wow. That is very Winhursty. Yeah, I know. Because the I kings know. of the mark. I wow, look at you. I know. Look at know. you. And so I hate to explain, do that. Explain, I, I explain, apologize though. to Coach Chris. Yep. I apologize Detroit. to our guy Will. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I apologize. To... But there's two things there. There's two things. And I'll, I'll I'll come around and explain it all at the end of the day too. Right now, last year I said the same thing. I said the sweet spot for the NFC is to be the two or the three seed. And one of the reasons why I said that was I looked at the way things played out, and I thought Dallas was really good last year. Mm-hmm. And the way things were supposed to play out was the NFC South was garbage. Dallas was going to beat them. And Minnesota, even though they were frauds, they easily would handle the Giants. And what happens after that is they have the one seed, which is Philly in that case, playing the lowest possible seed. So it's supposed to be Eagles-Cowboys, Niners-Vikings. There's a chance the Cowboys could beat the Eagles and you would have NFC Championship game in San Francisco. Well, who knew on fourth down and eight with your season on the line, Kirk Cousins would throw the ball four yards down the field. Well, there some would know that, but I got you. So what happened was the Giants won. They were the lowest remaining seed. They went to Philadelphia. Easy work, absolutely easy work for the Eagles. Niners had to play the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys. You know, this is what it is. That's what always happens. But – in turn, Niners then had to travel in the NFC Championship game, and they faced a damn near arrested Eagles team because that Giants team was so god-awful. All right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at this year. Damn near the same exact scenario, except you have Detroit in the Minnesota spot. I don't think Detroit is as fraudulent by any means as Minnesota is. But I do feel good playing Detroit anywhere, where the Niners are the two-seed, and they got to play them at home or the three seed, and they got to go to Detroit. Feel good about that. Feel good. Feel really good about that. Okay. And then you have the Cowboys, who we don't believe, but I still think they're a good team. They are a good team. Having to play Philadelphia. They could get the Eagles. They could get the Eagles. And if they do that, I only say that not because I'm worried about the Eagles, but because that could be your scenario to getting the NFC Championship game at home. Now, the thing about that is... Cowboys beating the Eagles. Yeah. Gotcha. The thing about that is... So you've you conceded rather, the one seed. Well, I haven't conceded. That's the question I have. Would you rather play a quote-unquote easier path of just throwing names out there, Seahawks, Lions, Cowboys at home? Or have a week off and play the Cowboys in week one at home. And, you know, you got home field all the way throughout. 
I would still want the one seed. But I, a part of me feels like the sweet spot might be the two or three seed. Okay. If you are who you say you are, you got to go for it, bro. Well, you can't the, be, you can't be going other, for easier well, paths. That's the other thing about that. I think there are four good teams in the NFC, and you're going to have to play two of them regardless. That's why at the end of the, the day. Detroit, Dallas, and Philly? I, yeah. Okay. I think those in, in, in San Francisco, obviously. Those are the four. Those four teams are really good. Okay. I don't see any scenario, in my opinion, where the Vikings or the Seahawks, and that's really what we're talking about at this point, or the 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 Saints or something like that. Um, I don't see any of three of those teams beating any one of those four teams. I think that final four in the NFC is going to be those four. You're going to have to play two of them anyway. So whether you play them on the road, at home, whatever, first round by, not whatever, you're going to have to go through a good team. So it could all not really matter. But I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play the Cowboys in that second round game. Not because I'm worried about them, but I think they're a good team. And I got PTSD because it reminds me of the Rams. The Niners beat the Cowboys ass all the time. But all the Cowboys need to do is win one. Just like all mm. just like all the Rams mm-hmm. needed to do was win one time. Mm-hmm. It's like old Cena versus Roman. I don't need to be better. Just one, two, three. <laughs> And I I have PTSD from the Rams situation. Like mm-hmm. I said, Niners always beat the Cowboys' ass. That's in a series. It'd be a five game series max. But all they need is one. I don't want to play the Cowboys in that divisional round. I'd rather them handle the dirty work, beat the uh, Eagles if need be, and then they come to. You hear that, Drew? Down, Rob Dub. I'm t- I'm keeping Casey's it real. Afraid of the Cowboys. I'm keeping it real. You think the Casey's Cowboys could handle that matchup Cowboys. though? Just if the Cowboys out, if just the, let Ufunga come out and crutches in a bump box and the, cow, <laughs> the Cowboys would be toast. That's what I'm saying. Cowboys would be toast. I still have a little bit more respect for the Cowboys than you guys. Who do. stole the no, I I I think the Cowboys are very good. It's just when it comes to a playoff scenario, I, against I the forty ers I know. Like I think they could beat the Saints or the You think they could beat the Eagles? Yeah. I do actually. They actually have another shot against but, them. Maybe they can because, gain some confidence. I, th- I think. I think. I think all bets are off when it's divisional round mm. and when you're playing each other for the third time. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I could see them winning that playoff scenario. Yeah. Uh, let's welcome in our good friend James Ham here. You're listening to D'Lo and KC on KIFM West Sacramento 98.5 FM KRX QHD2 Sacramento ESPN 1320. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Live on 1320 TV as well. Twitch, YouTube. And the app formerly known as Twitter's, we welcome in James Ham of the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. here on ESPN 1320. Hammer 5, 6 straight for the Sacramento Kings. They look to make it 7 uh, tonight. Let's start with the injuries. Their depth is going to be tested tonight. We know Trey Lyles isn't active. We know Alex Lynn is out 6 to 8 weeks. Kevin Herter is questionable for tonight. Now Keon Ellis is out. Um... I'll ask you this question that, that Jesse threw at us earlier. Any do you think Davion, one of your favorites, you think Davion has an opportunity to win his job back? Sure. Yeah, I mean opportunity knocks in the NBA and you gotta be ready when it does. And so I think Davion will have every opportunity here to at least play. Um, you know, like if Keon El- well, Keon Ellis is not playing. Sasha Vizenkov is also questionable for tonight's game right. with a thumb yeah, yeah. issue. Um, so, yeah, they're a little lean, but uh, Mike Brown has been going to a really tight bench anyways. 
And uh, yeah, if Herter can't go, you know, we'll see Chris Duarte again. Uh, and then those backup point guard minutes are going to be up for grabs. So whether it's Colby Jones or whether it's uh, whether it's Davion Mitchell, um, whoever wants to go out there and do the job the right way, play the right way, uh, look like they belong in the system, is going to get an opportunity. And uh, I fully expect Davion to get an get a chance here. And and if he plays really well, uh, I could easily see him back in the rotation. Mm. We questioned whether that was possible because Keon Ellis was still going to be 6'5 when his ankle heals. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Keon's more like 6'3. Like, they're, he's not a huge dude. Um, you know, they might even list him at 6'4, but that would be counting, like, the, the hair on top. Um, I, I don't think he's he's 6'4. Um, but Colby Jones is a good 6'4, and he's a guy that you could see like eventually being um, in that position, whether it's now, whether it's, you know, three months from now. He's the latest um, king it, to own the G League. We haven't really talked yeah. about that, but he's... He's been incredible at the G League yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah, that eight uh, eight steal game, um, what was it, like 16 points, like nine assists, six, uh, six rebounds and eight steals. Then he had a 31-point game. Yeah. yeah, he's playing really, really well. And, you know, I, I think that, for him, uh, it's about like getting comfortable as quickly as possible, and kind of just doing what Keon Ellis did: bring energy, play multiple uh, multiple positions, uh, play hard the whole time. You know, play within the offense and defensive sets. Don't freelance. Don't try to do anything crazy. And he has every opportunity to eventually earn some minutes on this team too. Uh, Mike Brown is an equal opportunity coach. You know, if you want to play hard, you want to show him that you've got something uh, to offer to the team in practice or at the G League level or. Oh, it, it wow, it's early. official. 305. It early. Wow. And shout out to the Chatty House because they were on it. They were on it quick. Early. And they was that like, is, yo, what's happening today? That is an official ham freeze <laughs> at 305 on a Monday. Poor <laughs> James. That's a first round knockout. <laughs> He's he's under the weather. He's not going to find this funny at all. He has no idea that we're laughing at this. He's probably like furious. He's trying to restart something. He's he's just not a happy individual. And you know the rules. We've got to leave. We've got to leave the 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 frozen screen on the face. But yeah, just ha just ham battling through the elements. Got a game coming up at five o'clock. Our guy is just. Oh, just really toughing it out here. Hey, I got a question about Davion. Can we? I, I want to see if we can get dual world. Oh, we oh, lost one of them. I, 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 I thought we might get dual world. He said world. we're not having any of this crap. Hey, live James. Yeah, that was a quick one. Us. Yeah, 305. <laughs> it's 305, Hammer. That's all right. 305. I, I switched to the – I switched to the phone after that one. <laughs> yeah. Questions. Will Hall we're, we're not playing will, that game today? Will this ham thaw out by Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, it was. It was. It was tough. There. That's right. Um, I had. I had a Davion question though, and I, I'm guilty yeah. of it sometimes as well. Uh, I think a lot of people when they talk about this situation are, are guilty of it. Is why do we keep matching him up with shooting guards? Like when we talk about he's too short. Like why don't we ever talk about him guarding his position, which like you look at the Kyrie Irving situation last night, that's who he'd be guarding, or he should be guarding, and he can match up and stop those guys. Like we think about the Clay Thompson situation, I'm, 
I'm not even sure he was guarding Clay on that possession. I thought he was guarding Draymond for a lot of the time. And it got helter skelter and he ended up on Clay and Clay was able to shoot over the top of him. But you know, we when we talk about like his size, we always talk about him guarding guarding two guards and threes. Like we never talk about him being matched up with point guards. Well, because in modern NBA, rarely are you you playing man on defense. You know, it's a switch it's a switching league now. And uh, every other player on this team does switch. And I would even say when he's playing alongside Malik Monk, like Malik is the engine, you know, he is, he's the backup engine to De'Aaron Fox. And that means that Davion has to take the tough guard. He's the defensive player, whether it's, you know, a six foot five guy, a six foot tall guy, whatever it is, he's got to take the toughest cover because Monk is out there, running the offense and expending all of his energy on the other end. So uh, it's not the, you know, the easiest thing for Davion, but that's where it comes in when I've talked about, like, he's just not a multi-positional player. And that's, that's really tough in the modern NBA, you know, six foot tall guards. It's tough being a six foot tall guard. So you got to be able to, to play, as many positions as possible. You got to defend multiple, you know, different types of people. And uh, you might be right about the, the Clay Thompson thing, but again, that's what, uh, that's sort of my point. My point is that you're going to get switched onto somebody and that's just the, the way the, the league works. But, and, you know, I was just going to say to that point, nobody attacks Davion. Like to, to uh, what, like what you're saying is Ma- Davion is guarding, let's just say, Paul George, and they look at it like, oh, hey, we got Davion, little dude on Paul George. Get out the way. He's too small. They always, If Davion's guarding Paul George, they go find who Malik is guarding and set a screen and roll so they can get Malik on Paul George. Like nobody attacks Davion Mitchell, height or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying there. They do shoot over the top of Davion, but, um, you know, like that's kind of the league. You know, like the, you're going to get switched on to somebody. And while Davion is a great man on defender, like the league isn't a man on defending league as much as it is a, a team defending league. Mm-hmm. And I would make the argument that Davion, while an incredible on-ball defender, is not a very good uh, off-ball defender. He really does struggle to chase. He struggles to, uh, you know, when the ball is somewhere else, to keep his attention span on the player he's guarding. He's got beat uh, on backdoor cuts plenty of times in his career. And that's not to say that, you know, other players don't do as well, but he's always been an excellent on ball player, whether it's uh, on the offensive end when he has the ball in his hands or on the defensive end when, you know, the ball is in front of him. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've always compared him a little bit in that way to Tyreek Evans. Uh, You know, Evans could defend anybody that was right in front of him. But as soon as the ball started, you know, bouncing around the on the offensive end for the for his opponent, like he would get lost in the shuffle, mm-hmm. and that's where I think Davion. Again, I think he fights. I think he he tries his best, but you know, it's it's not easy. You know, we've seen we've seen Mike Brown put Davion Mitchell on Luka Doncic, who's six seven. Mm-hmm. Like that's nearly impossible for him to to stop. And you put him on there uh, on him because number one, you need to eat some minutes, but also you need your other players that are scoring and being that offensive push 
to have a break and not have to play defense and offense for, you know, 33 minutes or 36 minutes. Hammer, we saw Chris Duarte play 32 minutes last night in the absence of Kevin Herter. And it was, for me, I thought it was a really uh, incredible showing from him. What did you uh, think of Duarte's minutes and what could that mean for him moving forward? Yeah, to be honest with you, I I don't know if I brought it up with you guys on on your show here or if I brought it up on the insiders, but I I said um, last week, hey, I would like to see, you know, if it's if it keeps going this way, send Duarte to the G League for for two games, for three games. Let him get out there and run. That's what his problem is. You can tell he just hasn't been on the court enough in the last year because of injury. And he looks like a player who the game is just going too fast for him. And I thought that if you could get him at the G League level, put him in the game, let him play 30, 35 minutes, a couple of games in a row, and then bring him back up, almost like hit a hard reset button on him, Mm -hmm. that he would probably be just fine. Like what we were seeing, you know, coming into last night's game, he was averaging 7.9 personal fouls per 36 minutes. Like that means he can't stay on the court. Not only is he is he getting his own personal fouls, but he's also getting team fouls and getting you in the penalty all the time. Mm-hmm. And to see him go out there and play, you know, 33, 34 minutes, um, bring something on the offensive end, hit his shots, move without the ball, uh, you know, and then on the defensive end to really give you physicality and to play without fouling. I think, what did he have? Three fouls in, in 33 minutes. Like that was a huge, huge, like day for, for Chris Duarte. And the whole time I've been looking at him as a player who needed that, Mm. he needed a day where he just got to be the guy Mm. and he didn't have to look over his shoulder or anything else. Just go out there. Don't try to make some sort of strange impact. Just go out there and play hard. And sure enough, you get him out there for an extended period of time. And I thought he was excellent. I, you know, he, he gave you everything you needed. The eight rebounds, four assists, like, couple of steals, everything he did, I thought was, was, you know, big thumbs up. And, and it's good to see because he's a player that throughout the, throughout an 82 game season, man, you're going to need Chris Duarte. He's a good defender. There's a lot to like about what he brings to the table. Plus he's young ish, you know, he's like 26, but only a third year player. You have him, you have him under contract on a really bargain basement deal for next year, like 6.5 million. Like this is a player that you, you should be able to put in your system and develop and have him be like one of the cogs in the wheel. Um, but uh, sometimes it takes an opportunity like this, just like, you know, we've seen Davian get, get these opportunities. It takes an opportunity and he got it. He took, he made the most of it and let's see if he can build on it. This is what you want. You want a starting place for him where he can start to string some things together that uh, might, might make him more viable to you going forward. I thought you, you made a, a really good point. Um, when talking about Duarte earlier in the season about him, you know, needing to just get his legs under him. He, he didn't play much the year before uh, due to injury and roster situations. So he's got to get his legs back in that way. And then he's going to a whole new team, you know, in a new system and a new way of playing basketball on the offensive end. And I know I was critical of his early season moments in the first couple of weeks or so. And you were like, Hey, you know, it may take some time for him to get himself together and that, you know, went into what you said about him going to the to the G League. And after what we saw, not only uh, last night, I thought he played well on Friday as well. You know, we may be getting to the point where, you no, know, he is starting to just 
feel comfortable with uh, his role on this team, the the style of play, and all this other stuff. Yeah, the difficult thing for him too, it's always going to be that he's on the bubble of the rotation, right? And so whatever minutes he's going to get, it's a little bit like Davion. Like you can't just sit there and and worry about how many minutes you're going to get. You got to get out there and play, mm-hmm. and and play smart. Don't go out there and you know like I I told Kyle today is like he's he's out there like kung fu fighting. You're like, what are you doing, man? Like we have uh, Javale has minutes like this too, where you're just shaking your head like that wasn't part of any plan that anyone wrote up on any board anywhere, not even once. And so when you're watching Chris do some of these things, you're like okay, this is just like him trying too hard and he needs to relax. He needs to have an opportunity to settle in. And you know, you're, you're right. Getting to know your teammates. Remember like teams bond on road trips. Kings have played a bunch of games on the road or already this season, but they're in the middle of a six game road trip. They're halfway through. These are the moments where you start to see what bonding on the road looks like, where all of a sudden someone might feel a little bit more part of the team, uh, a little bit more part of you know what's happening. He gets to he gets the crown as the defensive player of the game. You know those are big moments for a player who's trying to fit in and trying to find his his place within a new group. And so again, I don't. There's no negative to take away from the Chris Duarte situation this in uh, in Sunday's game. And you you just hope that like look, build on it, stay healthy, keep getting stronger, keep getting better. Um, and now you kind of. You have a game film you can go back and watch and say, that's the player I need to be when I step on the court for the Sacramento Kings. And James, there's no negative to take away from the Western Conference Player of the Week, De'Aaron Fox. He is playing at an extraordinary level uh, for Sacramento right now, and he he seems to get better. He had 43 on Friday, you know, 30 points last night in a game in which he was able to sit uh, virtually the entire fourth quarter. Uh, what have you seen from De'Aaron in the now six, seven games that he's played that clearly show us, hey, this is different. Like he, 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 he's he's playing on a different level than everyone else right now. Yeah, I, I think you know we can point to the defensive end where I think he's been incredible. I think he's averaging one point eight steals per game, and he's super active. Um, he's picking guys' pockets, but. He's also out there getting deflections, putting pressure on the the ball handler. Um, these are things that we're seeing because, like, look at all the deflections the rest of the team is getting. Like, they are starting to sort of, uh, I don't know, like, build off of what he's doing on the defensive end as well. Um, he's putting pressure. It, it's making, you know, passes that would normally be easy passes a lot more difficult. His teammates are, you know, getting deflections all over the place. Like he is the the snake now on both ends of the court. And I think that's big. The other thing I think he's doing is he's not waiting until the fourth quarter. And I think, you know, last year he played so well in the fourth quarter, but a lot of times it it was out of necessity, right? Like this team wasn't good enough. They're good enough to win games. They weren't good enough to put teams away. And so we had all of these games where the Kings are in these epic battles in the fourth quarter. Well, you were hoping that there would come a point where, you know, you don't need that. And so by him starting out, like go back to the game yesterday, dropping 13 points in the first quarter, like he set the standard for what was going to be the rest of the game. Now he did take a break there in the second 
and the early part of the third, and then he took over and got up to 30 points really quickly. So I, I like that he's distributing his points more evenly and that the Kings don't need him to be fourth quarter Fox because in most games already, they're actually way up on teams in the fourth quarter. They have comfortable leads where he doesn't have to have that mentality that he's going to take over and be the only guy there. And then the other thing is he's shooting 41.7% from three on 8.3 attempts per game. Like I never thought we'd get to this point and I don't know, you know, if he's going to be a 42% shooter for the rest of the season, or if he's going to be more like around the 37, 38, but either way, if that's who he's going to be, um, this is one of the best players in basketball. That's you know, it. if he can add Talk that three it, point shot, yeah. If he can add that three point shot, he's there's almost no way to defend him. Mm. And teams are, you know, they're trying to pack the paint to slow him down. Okay, I'll just go ahead and lace a bunch of three pointers over the top of you. Mm. And it's not just that he's that he's hitting forty one point seven; it's that he's taking the eight point three or eight point six, whatever it is. Like you need him to take that type of volume in order to gain that type of respect, mm-hmm. and then we'll start to see him, uh, you know, even pull more things out of his bag that we haven't. We haven't even seen the mid range yet. He hasn't. Last year he lived in the mid range. We haven't seen it hardly at all because he doesn't need it. He's like walking to the basket. That basket he had last night, where he contorted his body around like three guys and laid it up, mm-hmm. just stunning. Just like everything he's doing right now is really impressive. And he's eventually going to get these ridiculous, like, bow down to Luca uh, uh, calls from the officials mm-hmm. that that some of the other stars get. Like, I, I don't get the Luka Doncic, you know, everything he does is flopping and why he complains to the officials the whole game. Fox is over there doing his business and and owning your team. And you're sitting there flopping and drawing ridiculous fouls and then laughing with your teammates that you, the guy didn't even touch you and, and all these things. Like it, it just, it gets so old. But eventually, Fox needs to be at the free throw line eight to 10 times a game because he's that good. And when he does that, then he'll be able to maintain that 30 plus points per game. It's going to be tough just being a shooter and a scorer if he can get to the free throw line all those times as well it'll take that little bit of stress off his game and, and and help him ease into 30 points every game. You know how much that means coming from James? <laughs> James don't buy into nothing. <laughs> and for him to talk about how great De'Aaron Fox is playing this year and how it puts him up there as one of the best players in the league, boy, that carries a lot more weight than we talked when we talked trash for four straight hours. <laughs> hey, he's a top five player right now. Um, you know, like he's playing that well, and people start – we started talking about who are the best point guards in the league. You start with Steph Curry and then it's, it's De'Aaron Fox. Yep. And, and that's even debatable because at this point, one guy can lead his team to victory and the other one can't. He, one guy is, has got a team to, that that's marching along with him. Another guy's trying to drag his team with him. Um, but we're seeing the ascension of a player, which again, I didn't know that we would ever get to see this this point with Fox. I thought the 25 point per game probably would be like a really, really high spot for him. Um, and he could probably get up to 28 points per game, but would you be a better team? Mm. And now we're looking at like 30, 32. You're know, like, okay, this could be sustainable. Like he he's playing that well. He's just, 
you know, blowing the doors off people. Like he just can't stay in front of him. And then on top of that, it's just, he's got that, that little bit of edge to him that makes him great. And so now you see it and, and it's cool to watch the progress of a player, the progression from the time he's a 19 year old kid until the time, you know, he'll be 26 uh, early next month, him and Sean uh, Cunningham share a birthday. I think it's like, December 21st or December 20th, something like that. How do you not know um, Sean's birthday? <laughs> well, it's easy. Cause I just look up when De'Aaron's birthday is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, it's not, I don't have to remember birthdays. You guys have to remember that me and my wife share the same birthday. So I don't oh, have to worry about remembering right. birthdays at all. Yeah. And our oldest is, a, is a week uh, off of ours. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, see December 20th. There we go. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Shady house. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like we're getting to see a, a player become a, a star. And this is the second time I've got to see this in Sacramento because we watched uh, DeMarcus Cousins become a star. Mm. But it's different because this one feels more sustainable and it feels more like it's a person that you can put your entire franchise behind and have faith that he's going to do the right things and he's going to, he's, trying to build something where someone else, you know, DeMarcus uh, was always trying to, you know, it wasn't that he wasn't trying to build something. I said, I don't think he knew how, and he was, you know, trying to yell at his teammates until they got to that point. And that's not usually the way to lead people. And so just two different paths, but it's really cool to watch somebody come into the league and get better and better and better. And then all of a sudden you think that they've tapped out and then all of a sudden they're way better. And you're like, wow, like to, to watch someone become an NBA superstar is pretty cool. Yeah, James, the same thing with me. I, he's he's a lot better than I gave him credit for coming into the league. And I thought he was a franchise changer. I was like, this guy can change a franchise. He's really good. He's a, he's a heart and soul type guy. He's 21, 22 points per game, seven, eight assists. Never in my wildest dreams that I think he could be a guy that could lead the league in scoring, averaging 30-plus per game. And, you know, it it feels like – I don't know if he's going to average 30 a a game, but it feels like this is is real. This is where he's at. This is is how he plays basketball now. He's able to seamlessly get 25 to 32 points a game. Yeah, I know the old adage is what a broken clock is is right twice a day. Um Vlade Divac's made a lot of mistakes, but if we're we're gonna look at like the process, he found one, mm. and that's all you can say. At the end of the day, the process the process is to find a superstar mm. wherever it is. You find him, and you bring him along, and you figure it out. And Vlade got this one right. Vlade, from the moment he drafted him, drafted him, said this is the guy without any question. There was never. Like from Vladi's point of view, I watched him the whole time. He kept saying it. This will be our guy. Trust me. And he was right. And real quick to that point, because we had a discussion earlier, James, about uh, Luca and Luca's an unbelievable talent. Um, One of the most talented players we've ever seen in this league already. So it's not a shade to him. But maybe what Vladi was talking about a little bit was there's because it wasn't Luca or Fox in the same draft, but you had a decision to make. You're like, do we get Luca and we maybe lose Fox, or do we get Bagley and try and pair those two together? And maybe some of it was there's a certain um, – De'Aaron has certain intangibles that you want 
and that you need when you're trying to turn around a franchise like the Sacramento Kings. It's not just about the talent. It's leadership. It's not blinking uh, it, it, when when the franchise is going through this drought or whatever, to staying with it, not getting down. Maybe those are some of the things that Vladi saw in Fox that he was like, yeah, even for Luka, I can't, I can't turn away from this because that's what's going to be needed to turn this whole thing around. Yeah, I mean, the – the 2018 draft, like no one can say that Vladi got it right because he didn't. Um, but I, honestly, if he would have drafted uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and he would have become the same player he is right now, that would have been a great fit next to Fox too. He just chose the the wrong guy, and you under I, I can see why he did what he did. Um, they had no interest in DeAndre Aiden at all. Um, but like looking at the other group of players. Uh, Trey Young would never have fit with uh, with De'Aaron Fox and Luca. I, I think he's right. I don't think it would have ever worked. Although we did see last night when Kyrie and and Luca are rolling together, like it's it's some pretty incredible stuff. Those are two of the greatest shot makers we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like again, Kyrie, there are a lot of things I don't like about him a lot, but to watch some of the things he can do that are positive. Um, my goodness, man, that guy can flat out play. And, uh, but you can see where it just would take a, per- a specific type of thing to work out for Fox and Luca. And that probably wouldn't have ever happened. Um, especially if, if you were just to hand it, you would have handed the game over to Luca and Fox would have probably been lost in the process. James playing hurt today. Uh, we'll get ready for Kings and Pelicans. We're thrilled that the Kings won six straight. They're going for number seven I tonight. Seven. I want that TC number seven. Going for seven. Matched last year's win total. We'll talk about it uh, with our insider from the insiders, James Hamm with the KC return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Sorry, James. I had to, I had to interrupt James as he was – Singing the praises of his radio show there during the commercial break. I like your fantasy guy. He's fun to listen to, even for people who don't play fantasy football, which I very much do not. Yeah, Faraz is just like he's he's like a prognosticator, like extraordinaire. The things he comes up with, you're just sitting there like in awe of what he's talking about. You know, for some people it might get like a little too dense, but when he starts talking about, you know, even like tonight, Rasheed Rice, uh, Rashi Rice, um, like the Eagles are one of the, they're like 28th in the league against slot wide receivers. So you should start Rice because he's just going to dominate this whole game, even though they're outside wide receiver, their outside defensive backs are great. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, he had snuck one in this, this weekend uh, on Friday. He said, Hey, for any of you guys out there who need a really, really deep, you know, wide receiver pool because of all the bye weeks and injuries and stuff, you might want to pick up uh, Rondell Moore because um, he's probably going to get, he's probably going to do something this weekend. Mm. Boom. The first play of, of uh, red zone is Rondell Moore scoring a touchdown. You're like, what the world? Like, how do you know this stuff? Yeah, he's good. He's did, really good. Did you take it as his advice? Did you get those points? No, I already have eight wide receivers. He oh. he told me which of the eight to start gotcha. for sure, which of the four to start, but yeah. In the meantime, I'm seven and four in my fantasy league. I haven't paid attention to it not once. <laughs> Skilled fantasy guy there, Kenny Caraway. Uh, will you talk about having the right 
the right wide receivers to start. We know who won't start ever, and that's Malik Monk. <laughs> in the midst of all this, De'Aaron Fox, top player in the league, DeMontis Sabonis can't possibly be far behind him in that category, is the fact that Malik Monk has actually elevated his game from last year. Uh, he was a great playmaker last year. He seems to be an even better this better one this year. And he has, you know, he has anchored this team through uh, the different injuries that the second unit has had, that the starting unit has, has had. He continues to be the anchor for this squad, and his production might be a little bit underappreciated right now because of how all the guys in the starting lineup are playing. Yeah, um, I think he's been absolutely tremendous. You know, we started the season with the Kings uh, um, shooting like right around their their first or second and three point attempts, but like like twenty seventh and make and three point percentage. They're slowly picking that up. They're up to nineteenth. They're shooting thirty five point three percent as a team, and a lot of it is Monk, um, who is shooting a career best forty one point seven, and he's tied with Fox at forty one point seven. Um, for me, like the game against Dallas, like it got a little dicey there in the third quarter and the, the, you know, things were like kind of spinning out of control a little bit. And Malik Monk came in in the third and just like, boom, 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 hit a bunch of threes in a row and ended the game. And it went from like a really close game to, oh, this thing's over. Like it does. He just looks like he's worked so hard on his three point shot to be consistent and when he squared to the basket it feels like every single time it's it's going in and the cool thing about him is he's one of the you know they the kings only have a couple of guys who can really create and he's able to shoot the three creating off you know off the bounce he can use a screen or just as a set shooter but man he's he's providing so much for this team right now he's always the energy guy but uh, I even liked him getting the tech in this last game. Mm. You know, go ahead and talk a little bit. That's fine. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a fan of what he's doing on the court. He he just brings so much energy. And like, look, it this team is is built the right way. Like Malik is one of their top, you know, probably three or four players. But the fact that he's their six man is just perfect. He's perfect for the role. I hope he embraces a role. I hope he wants to do it long term um, and doesn't get some dreamy eye thing about going to being a starting shooting guard somewhere. What, what he's doing right now, he can make a lot of money doing it and he can do it for a long time. And that's probably something that he should, you know, really, really look long and hard at is staying in Sacramento as a, as a six man extraordinaire. Cause he's always going to get his minutes. He's always going to get his shots and he knows he brings something special to this team. Harrison, we got good Harrison Barnes yesterday. You know, I want to shout that out because he was active and he was somebody that you took notice of him being out there. 12.6 assists, four rebounds. Um, six assists is impressive. Four rebounds, I'll take it. Obviously, I'll take the, the 12 points. But once again, when I watch him, it's a little bit beyond the stats for me personally. I just need to know you're out there. You know, the James Ham check-in. Check-in. Let me know you're playing tonight. And he's done that in the last few games. You know, he did that Wednesday night against the the Lakers as well. And I think him checking in um, has kind of been maybe a little overlooked in the six-game winning streak. Yeah, I, I think if you really look at the way that that game opened up last night, the, the beginning of the game, you saw HB 
playing the Kevin Herter position, not the, he wasn't running to the corner. He was running to the elbow and he was part of the DHOs. He's part of the two man game. And we got to see that like, look, he can still do that stuff. He's just not getting the opportunity. And I thought it was a really smart move because what Mike did with that was he allowed Chris Duarte to go kind of get his feet comfortable in the game, kind of, you know, get warm in the game by playing in the corner and waiting for the corner three mm. and just kind of slow down a little bit and and think about the game and, and get calm. And they used HB on that high pick and roll, the high screen, the, the high DHO. Um, and I, I thought he looked every bit the part of the player that we've seen the last five years in Sacramento. And it just really does tell me that it's not so much about Harrison as it is about the development of King and Murray, the development of De'Aaron Fox, the development of Kevin Herter. And, you know, at, at some point, you know, we'll look back at this and go, okay, he really wasn't, he, he was probably exactly what you needed. He's just a stabilizing force. He plays defense. He played really well on the defensive end, and he has a couple of games here. He's played really well on the defensive end, um, but he also hits his shots when he when he gets them. And when you need him to go in and get a couple of buckets, or when you need him to get a couple of assists, I thought he was one of the catalysts for the the ball movement. And you know the Kings moved the ball so incredibly well, but early on it was him, and that that's kind of a surprise because he's not a, a big assist guy. But to see him sit at six assists was pretty strong when he's averaging, what, 1.2 coming into that game? Kings are cooking offensively. There's no doubt about it. But the conversation around them on the defensive end seems to have changed quite a bit. Is especially, I mean, mainly amongst Kings fans because Lord knows the people who write about the league aren't watching and paying attention. (laughs) Is that the catalyst to everything else we're seeing, what they're doing on the defensive end? I pointed to the Fox play last night where he dove on the ball and hit – I can't remember who, but hit them in transition. That's who I thought it was, too. Hit Domas in in, in transition and got everyone running up the floor as he was still picking himself up off the ground. Is that a reach, or is defense really fueling what this team is doing? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's fully defense fueling because a lot of teams are shooting around 48 50% against Eh, the Kings. Numbers. Um, But I will say that the way that they're rebounding on the defensive end, the way that they're finishing possessions, the way that they're getting deflections and steals is huge. So while they are allowing teams to shoot a pretty good percentage, they're also getting a lot of turnovers, and that's good. So uh, it's sort of a hidden stat that, you know, uh, when you turn the ball over, you don't take a shot. Uh, and so you you can have a high field goal percentage but lose by a bunch because you turn the ball over 20 times. Mm. And, you know, we saw it against San Antonio where – where they have 20 steals in that game. Um, it's either yeah. that game or the game before. The Another game, game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when you have tw- – uh, that was against the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you have 20 steals against a team, that's insane. Like, that's that's happened like a handful of times in the franchise's history. So, like, if you can get out there and be aggressive, so maybe it's not that they're just this lockdown team, and maybe teams still have confidence in them, Um uh, you know, because a lot of defense can be like a self-fulfilling prophecy thing where teams come in knowing that you're a bad defensive team. So they all kind of get up for it and they all hit their shots where they normally wouldn't because they're just feeling that like they're going to have a big night. Um, and, and so part of the like maybe eventually the the uh, field goal percentage against will start to trickle down a little bit 
as they get more and more consistent with what they're doing. Now they're the 85 Bears. <laughs> 85, 2,000 Ravens. Yeah, 89 Pistons here. <laughs> hey, um, what did you think about Keegan Murray the other day? Like he, he kind of he struggled a little bit on Friday, and I think you're going to have these up-and-down games. But taking on the challenge of Garden Luka yesterday, tried to get him in foul trouble. But I like that Mike Brown kept him in the game. You know, didn't he probably said something along the lines, you're going to have to learn how to play um, and guard in foul trouble. So go out there and don't foul out. And he answered the, he answered the challenge. He answered the bell. So what, what are, is it more the same that you're seeing from him? Or is there a little bit more, a little bit extra that you see every game from him on both sides of the ball? No, I saw a little extra. I think that's what I, I said in my six quick thoughts. A little extra. Like you saw him. Uh, I thought he was physical. I thought he was a presence. Then, you know, he missed a couple of three-point shots. Started going at the rim. Uh, he's, he hit the floater. You're like, hey, like what's going on here? He's starting to show the array of, of shots that he has. Mm. Like, look, he snuck his way to 17 points. I don't think anyone realized he had 17 points that game. What, like 17 points? and four or five rebounds mm-hmm. like he's building he's getting better all the time and you know it, it may not come mm-hmm. as like in one big giant oh my gosh look he's a 22 point per game score like it's going to be something that gradually happens where he just gets better and better and better at what he's doing and i, I will point to De'Aaron fox where you know again is there that much difference between De'Aaron fox this year and De'Aaron fox last year i don't think so but he's got when you're that good, that little bit extra that you get better during an off season can mean a lot. And so like incrementally, you know, Fox has taken this massive leap as a scorer, you know, and, and in most categories, um, but it's really just being a slightly better version than the player he was last year. You know, if he can hit again, if he can even remotely close to 40% on threes or last year, he, not only, you know, was down around what 32, 33, but he didn't even he started to not take threes because of that. Mm. You know, the fact that he's taking them, that he's, you know, he's that confident in what he's doing and that he's hitting them, that really does bode well for this team. Man, if he got his free throw percentage up, he's fifty and forty right now from the field and he's not, you know, and from three, he's not even approaching the ninety. He's at seventy five percent which is the one you just want him to be automatic. Yeah, but to yeah, think that he yeah. could be flirting with that 50, 40, 90 is crazy. The funny thing about the Kings is their three primary scorers um, this season so far have been Herter and Fox and Sabonis. None of those guys are great free throw th- shooters. Mm. And, you know, like Keegan's a good free throw shooter and and uh, and Barnes is a good free throw shooter, although I don't even think Keegan's hitting that well this year. Um, they're just not a good free throw shooting team. And I don't know why that is. They're 27th right now in the league. As a team, they're only shooting 73% from the field. And, that's yeah, that's not great. That's not yeah, great at all. I, I need- Delmas's, uh field goal percentage is 63.4. His free throw percentage <laughs> is 63.3. Oh, man. Oh, uh, and Keegan did pick it up. And actually, Kevin Herter's been really good this month, uh, this year so far. Kevin Herter's gotten be- so. uh, better over the last – he had a first, like, rough – first half of a season from the line last year and he got better as time went along um, but all those guys if I can see this team I know you got your big man shooting free throws and things of that name but I, I need to see them 80 percent 
as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's crazy that these little things um, are, are coming out. Like, Will Z talked about how they're still like 20th or something and three three point percentage or whatever. Like, all these numbers, the free throw percentage, yet they're putting up 129, 132. <laughs> like, it, it, it sounds crazy, but it feels like they can reasonably improve on the offensive end as a team. Like, it's not even saying anything oh, yeah. crazy. Like, me saying shoot as a team 80% from the free throw line, that's not like asking them to shoot 95%. That's just 80%. Mm-hmm. That's another maybe a point and a half uh, a game for them. Yeah, I would say, like, over the last six games when, you know, the Kings have been rolling, their offensive rating is up to 120.3, which is a little bit above where it was last year. Their defensive rating is down to 110. So their net rating in this six-game win streak is a plus 10.1. Like, they have been really incredible. But even during that stretch, their pace still hasn't come all the way back up. So they're at 100.91. That game last night where they, you know, they put up a bunch of points, it was barely over 100. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what we're seeing, and I'm not even sure if it was 100, um, we're seeing them, you know, they're getting better at these aspects of the game on the offensive end. Their pace last night was 97.5, but their offensive rating was 134.4. Like, you can't compete with a team that's that, it's like a finely oiled machine at that point. Mm. And, you know, again, I think Herder means about as much to pace for this team as as uh, De'Aaron Fox does. Like, his ability to play with pace in the half-court set is tremendous and he really does amp up the speed the game plays at in the half court and not having him there i think that's probably where we got a little bit of the let off but it doesn't matter when you you know club in a team what do you think about this game against the pelicans tonight i think it's tough because it's the first back-to-back they've had on the season mm-hmm. you know you're not at full strength you got some guys that are beat up um you know just the way the week plays out too, where you have a game on Monday, you have a game on Wednesday, you have, a, you have a game on Friday. There isn't like a big bunch of time to catch your breath, especially with a holiday tucked in there. So like, I, I don't like, I don't believe in like trap games, but this is a game that's just going to be tough to get You're, You know, we saw what Dallas looked like last night on the second night of a back to back. The Kings just kept pushing and pushing and yep. pushing and they couldn't keep up eventually. And they faded. Um, this is a game where I could see the Kings maybe have the same problem. Uh, but, you know, I, Mike Brown usually had his team ready to play in the second night of back-to-backs last year. I think it's just weird that we're now, this is game 13 of the season, and it's the first back-to-back they've had. Mm. And I can already remember like three or four games where the Kings were playing another team on the second night of a back-to-back, which tells me that either the schedule is going to flip on this team at some point, and they're going to have a lot more of these uh, back-to-backs that are tough. Or the league said, hey, the Kings are going to be good this season. Let's give them a good schedule and not give them a bunch of uh, – let's give them as many of these back-to-backs as, uh, you know, playing on the back the second night of a back-to-back as they will get to play somebody else on the second night of a back-to-back. NBA darlings, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Do you know what there is? This is a dumb question that don't have really anything to do with anything. Like they play the Pelicans tonight. They play the Pelicans on Wednesday. Do you know what they're doing Thursday? Are they staying in New Orleans? Are they going to Minnesota? Like what are they going to do? Yeah, I'm going to guess because of air travel and all that craziness that they'll probably fly out of New Orleans 
and and head to uh, Minnesota for on Thursday mm. and figure out some spot to be at all day on Thursday. And, and uh, it's always possible that they do stay another night in New Orleans mm-hmm. and then fly out uh, fly out Thursday evening. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they did that, but I haven't asked. Uh, New Orleans is usually a pretty fun place to hang out. And mm-hmm. so I could see them hanging out one more. Well, a couple of nights there. Uh, we'll get to see what they look like on Wednesday if if they had a little too much fun on on Tuesday night. Probably like deep fried stuffing or something <laughs> like that in New Orleans, or you know, something Cajun delicious. chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not healthy mm, for you, no. but delicious. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's amazing. I'm sure, it's absolutely <laughs> everything. Amazing. Yeah, everything there is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Perfect crisp on the outside, but it's like just a juicy mm. slice of. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine what. I feel like a Thanksgiving in New Orleans probably has some twist on it that we're just not familiar oh, with. Oh, look at that cup. New Orleans cup. My New Orleans oh, cup. Who are you rooting for tonight? <laughs> wow. Whose side is he on? Wow. What the hell is going A heel turn. I love New Orleans. Just I love the, New Orleans. Just clip this. Look at, look at this guy. What are you doing with him? Wow. Yeah, but whose side is he on? This guy, James Ham. Right at the end of the show, a steel chair to the back of Sacramento Kings fans. There it is. Nola we Ham. We didn't talk about JaVale. <laughs> I, I, I purposely did not give you the opening to talk about JaVale McGee today. You got 30 seconds. You want to fire it off? Go ahead. It wasn't, it wasn't the tech. It wasn't that. It was that play where he grabbed a rebound. And I he know shook what off play it was. On we, it's one of my favorites. We all know what it was. One play of my favorites. It was. What you talking everyone about? In, everyone in Sacramento is like, no, that no, that, that, that in Pass some the ball, no, in some sort, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> in some circles, we call that the James Ham play. We knew that. Oh, that's the one Ham's going to be talking. Here about it comes. Right Here there. it comes. Like. What is he doing? Like, look, I, you're going to have to live with JaVale McGee right now because it's all you got. He has to understand that. Yeah, he has uh, to understand that if something happens that, like, Philip Petrushev is your backup behind him. Yeah, and no. that's, like, there's well, no Trey Lyles. We'll get, there's we'll, no we'll, Alex Maybe we'll Lynn. get one more of those tonight, yeah. and then he'll settle down. JaVale, JaVale, he's going to give us seven points. We got to go. Make sure you're tapped in tomorrow morning beginning at 10 a.m. with James Hamm and Kyle Matson on the Insiders, and we'll see you tomorrow here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. We're headed out to Monday Night Football. Vamos, Kings, like the bean. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.